You are now rocking with the Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding. Brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. Van. They're great. Off the wall since 1960. Motherfucking six. <laughs> And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. You know exactly what it is. I'm D Jones. As always, I got my main man, the ghost, with me. We got Ants One behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Still. Ghost breakdown this week's app, brother. Another big episode in Studio E. We finally got my boy Tom Karangelov in the building. Met him, fuck, I don't know, six, seven years ago in Toronto. One of the nicest guys you can meet. Uh, all around fucking boss on the board. Diverse bag of tricks. You, you know he gets down. Um, so it was a pleasure catching up with him and then we taking y'all straight to the post office people want that hockey talk man so just just keep bugging dono in uh in the post office for them hockey minutes and then uh shit nba basketball the rundown updates uh shit's popping out here in these streets let's get into it man make sure to follow us on instagram at the Bunt live subscribe to us on youtube at the Bunt live Head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash thebunt and thebuntlive.com. Every episode logged for your listening pleasure. Maybe a new bracket challenge soon. Who knows, man? But the website is always locked with your episodes. Ghost, it's shout out of the week, man. The people need you and they look forward to this. So what's the ghost choice this week, man? Oh man, couple big shouts out this week. Some bunt alum were getting buck in the streets. Let's spark it with our boy, Hator Da Silva, and his vice versa love part. Man, that shit came out of nowhere, man. I was not expecting that. Donald texted me that a couple days ago. Um, click play and I, all I see is seven minutes. I'm like, okay, what, what the fuck? Is this a skit or something? Like, And no, it was just seven minutes of bangers from our boy. And yo, uh, I don't know about you, Donald, but I'm taking credit. Uh, the bunt is taking credit for uh, that double kink 50 he threw in there. Oh, yeah. When we had him on the pod, I remember we called him out for um, he, he was getting hella buck on the double kinks when he was young and then hadn't really touched an R-rail like that in some time. And uh, so we called his ass out and he said he was going to bring him back. And the man came through 50 to double kink. Uh, what an absolute legend style god uh that was just seven minutes of pure glory on a skateboard so big shouts to hator and then second shout out of the week another bunt absolute favorite our boy ryan lay and we might have to have him on for a round two one of these days um ryan lays welcome to sci-fi fantasy part uh doing it big one of the most stylish dudes in the game sparked it with the most beautiful nolly crook you'll ever see uh, happy to see he's rocking with uh, Jerry, man. And it was just a, a beautiful combination, man. So much success 
to Ryan, Jerry, Sci-Fi Fantasy, the whole gang, man. Yes, sir. Couldn't have been. Yes, sir. Couldn't have said it better myself. Hey, Thor De Silva, man. That's the part we've been waiting for, and Ryan Lay never disappoints. You know what it is. So like the ghost said, we have Tom Karanjulov in the building. Man, this interview was an instant classic. All-time good guy. Super happy to have him here inside Studio E. There's only one thing left to do, ghost. I'm absolutely starving, bro. What you got for me? Bruv, I think it's time to take it to the goat cheese. Let's get a Frank's best today. Make it pop. You know what I'm saying? Delicacy in these streets. Maybe a, f- a fucking baby gem salad. You know what I'm saying? The four-pack cookie combo of pain. Some marshmallows on them cookies. Couple ginger ales and we good to go, man. Let's get it. Let's get it. Order online or using the app available on iOS or Android or head in store. Downtown Queen and Spadina, Uptown Avenue Road in Lawrence, East Side, Gerard and Carla, West Side, Bloor and Dover Court, Maker Pizza taking over the world, baby. Maddie Matheson, tell them what you're working with when you order Maker Pizza. This is literally the best pizza in the world. Let's get this interview popping, man. All right, y'all, we got Tom K in the building today. What's cracking, man? Nothing much, just doing this interview with you guys. <laughs> Fucking nervous. <laughs> this is the last place you need to be nervous, bro. It's chilling over here. Just always, always nervous doing these interviews. Um, so we start every show off the same with the easy ones, dog. Get you warmed up here. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. <laughs> you look stressed, dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess my favorite skate moment is like growing up with like a little box and a flat bar that my dad built me and kind of like all the neighborhood kids coming over and skating and like learning tricks and jumping into grass for some reason that was like the m- most pure time of skateboarding so that's like a good memory for me sick classic yeah i would do front boards and jump into the grass while my dad would like watch sometimes and my grandpa would watch and they would think i'm like crazy (laughs) love that uh sports moment fuck i don't really watch too much sports but uh the super bowl this year the halftime show is like amazing so that was my favorite sports moment kendrick dre snoop dogg 50 cent that's my favorite sports moment. Yeah. M&M. <laughs> Upside down 50. Doesn't get much better. <laughs> so take us back to the beginning. Where did you grow up and how did you get into skating? I grew up in uh, the city, Santa Ana, California. A lot of, kind of a lot of skateboarders grew up skating the skate park, but like Frankie Villani's from there. Figgy kind of would come from Irvine to skate that park. It's like a lot of locals, but that park actually, I didn't, when I was little, I didn't. That park didn't exist yet. But I grew up in Santa Ana, and then when I moved to the city, Fountain Valley, when I was uh, fifteen, like fourteen, fifteen, just kids in my neighborhood skated. And then there was this older dude, Joe, that skated, and I just thought he was so cool, and I wanted to skate. So that's kind of where it all started. Is from this guy, Joe. That while I was like fourteen, I would just see him skating, and I thought it was like the coolest thing. So what would you consider was your first big break in the skate industry? So growing up in Fountain Valley, there weren't very many skateboarders. Like the only kid that skated at my high school, 
a lot of people went to my high school to try to transfer to like a good college because I think it was like a pretty good high school in the area. Um, it was a public high school, but my friend Jason Robinson was the only person that skated, and he'd kind of come over every day after school, and we'd play uh, Counter Strike and skate, yeah, and drink so- and drink soda and shit, and then uh, <laughs> like eventually from Jason, I met like a bunch of other skateboarders like Taylor McClung, this kid Richard Perry, he was like the best skateboarder. My friend Matt Bublitz, my friend Andy Smith, and all of them kind of had a crew going on, but they're in Huntington Beach, so. I feel like my first big break with like learning about getting sponsored and seeing all that stuff is skating with my homies. Like Taylor was always sponsored. Richie was always sponsored. So kind of seeing them skate and like lighting up spots and doing it, I don't know, kind of like opened my eyes to like, that's kind of a thing that me and my friends can do. So that was like, kind of like filming and night skating and doing, pushing yourself my friends from Huntington Beach would do that. So like that was like kind of a weird break into it, like seeing into the industry a little, but then eventually Matt made a video called Warfare. It was like one of our first homie videos and uh, I had a part in that. And I remember being really stoked on Toy Machine because Ed Templeton's from Huntington Beach. That's kind of like a person that all the like skaters in the community looked up to. So I was like, I love Toy Machine. So I remember sending my footage to this guy, Charlie Thomas, that worked at Tomieto. I would just see him around and he had seen my homie video part. And he was like, I'll send this to Kevin Barnett, who is the team manager of Toy Machine. And he saw it and Mike Sinclair saw it. And they were like, Toy Machine's full right now, but we can put you on foundation as like flow. And at the time I was just, I don't know if I... I don't know what, I, what, but I was just like, I'm like Toy Machine. I'm not too into Foundation. Uh, no thanks, kind of. Damn. <laughs> oh, then, shit, cuz. Yeah, that's kind of weird, though, now looking back. But <laughs> at the time, I was just like, well, whatever. Like, I, I'm in college, and I work, and I want to skate for something that I'm super hyped on, and Toy Machine's that. Because I, I grew up watching Foundation, Toy Machine, Zero Videos, all the videos, like Habitat videos. But for some reason, what resonated with me was like Zero and Toy Machine. I'm not sure why, I, but I remember playing Counter-Strike and like watching Toy Machine videos <laughs> and Zero videos and just being like, I could relate to like the music and uh, things and like the clothes people were wearing and stuff. I was super stoked on that. But I remember saying no to Mike. So I feel like that was kind of my first introduction and then through that homie video warfare we made a a little slap magazine was really popular at the time and i remember jake donnelly did this thing called one in a million and matt and i were like dude let's just put your footage in online see what happens and then i remember mark whiteley who ran slap uh emailed matt back and he's like tom made it to like the he made it to like the voting stage people are gonna vote to see if he gets on one in a million and then i made it on there with like a lot of people that were ripping. I was, tri- I was like tripping at the time, like, holy shit. Like maybe <laughs> this is how, you, maybe this is how I get on toy machine. Like this is the way one in a million. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, um, did that. It was really cool experience. I made like a lot of friends, like Will Blady, his brother rides for welcome. Just super cool kid. He would come out and skate with Matt and I after one in a million and stuff. 
I don't know, just a lot of cool people. And I met like Tony Vitello through that, J- Jamie Thomas, obviously, P-Stone filmed it. That was pretty cool. One in a million, technically, it was my first big break. And like, Love it. I guess Jamie Thomas, like believing in me and like that, I kind of owe it to that, like Mark Whiteley and Jamie Thomas, pretty much. Right. And at the time, I'm like, dude, zero, like John Rattray's on zero, John Alley's on zero. Like, all these skateboarders that I love. Jamie Thomas, like, he's, like, my hero. All these people are on zero, like, that I love. Keegan Sauter. It was just crazy. Like, I was like, dude, this is, like, what I like. Like, the music's so good in the skate videos. Like, the graphics are cool. Like, I remember being really hyped on the Zero Skull. Just, like, all that stuff. Still am. But, like, I just remember being so stoked on that. So, yeah, I kind of owe it to Jamie and Mark Whiteley hell yeah man so from there you you got on zero it's no surprise some of your gnarliest tricks were performed back then surrounded by all those legends can you tell us about the mentality you had riding for zero were you like all right it's time to fucking sharpen the gnar blade and just get buck or what i don't know i feel like with something like that i had so i was going to college and working and i was flow for zero and i remember jamie thomas would be like keep filming like send us your footage your flow but keep filming we'll see what happens and i remember i seriously remember i had like this sounds so weird now because videos and everything moves so quickly but i had like five years to film for cold war so i feel like damn i would i would work during i would work like it was like monday wednesday thursday friday so then i'd have all this time to think of spots And then when the weekend came, Matt would be like, oh, what do you want to skate this weekend? And I'd be like, there's this thing. And I remember I worked kind of far, so I would drive to these spots like after work and be like, okay, I want to skate this on Saturday. So I feel like after like five years of being able to slowly chip away, I feel like the tricks that you like considered technically gnarly, they like, I was able to like take time and work on those. Mm -hmm. And like lots of them took, lots of them took like multiple trips back. I don't know. I'm the same person and skater still. I don't know. But thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't a slight. I'm just, the way that part came out versus your new parts are just, there's like a noticeable difference of tons of rails and, and big hubbas. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess back then I was just inspired by like Minefield had come out. Jake Johnson was really gnarly and really rad. And I remember he was skating New York City a lot and doing wall rides and it was really fucking cool. And like Kurchart came out and I don't know, if you told me now, imagine now you hear, oh yeah, Arto's in a video with Dylan, yeah. Kurchart, Jake Johnson, you'd fucking like do anything to be at that premiere. Yeah. And like, you'd be tr- like waiting, counting the days for that video. So I remember that video inspired me a lot. And like Arto's part, he got like really gnarly and his song was really weird and cool. And I just remember being like, fuck man skateboarding is like in a really sick place right now so i remember being inspired by a lot of that back then mm-hmm. too maybe that's where it comes from like kurchart skating big ass hubba's and me being like where the where's that hubba Ooh. and i would like but i'd i'd bug ben Geely worked at zero so i'd bug him and be like dude where's that hubba kurchart kurchart front boarded or like i'd bug him and ask him questions and shit i don't know i remember being really hyped on minefield at the time oh, for sure <laughs> So we heard that you used to get hazed a little bit by Tommy Guns. What was it like being the new guy and getting picked on a little bit? 
Yeah, so... <laughs> How the hell do you know that? <laughs> yeah, so that was like a... That was a really crazy one because when I got on Zero, when I was flow for Zero, we'd go on trips and he would... He was obviously like the team captain vibes and he would call out the spots. He'd call out like... He was like the team captain. Like that was his vibe. Mm-hmm. And here I fucking come along this like nerdy like kid from Orange County and he's like, you don't smoke, you don't drink, like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I think that, w- I think that's what he was, like, thinking, and I'm like, dude, I don't know, I just had, like, a lot of friends get into stupid shit from this, and I feel like I just concentrated on, like, skating and having fun and doing other shit. I never really got into partying, and I think that, like, blew Tommy Gunn's mind at the time, because he was, like, a single, he was single, didn't have kids, just, like, the gnarliest he'd ever been, uh, yeah, and he would make me, like, we would go to the club in Vegas and shit. That was my first zero flow trip. I went to Vegas with the team. Oh, my. And he'd make me, we'd be, like, in the club. And I fucking love going out and doing stupid shit. But, like, he'd be in the, we'd be in the club or something, like, partying or whatever. And I'd be, like, holding his beers. He'd be, like, hold this. And I'd be holding his beers. And I'd be, like, oh, fuck. And I'd be, like, partying with his beers. And then he'd, like, grab one from me. And then, like, I, it was sick because at some point, I don't know what I did, but he was just like, yeah, fuck with Tom. Like, at some point. Like, I, I don't know when that changed, but he's the only, he was, like, the only person that was really gnarly in the beginning. Like, I'd come back from some trips and be like, dude, or my friend Matt, I'm gonna, probably going to talk about him a lot, but he's, like, my best friend. I grew up filming with him. We film each other. He's really good at skating. He works for Thrasher. He's an editor, filmer. But I would come back and I'd be like, dude, Tommy Guns was gnarly this time. <laughs> but then the older I got, now that I'm 33, like the older I am, I like see what he was doing. He's like, who the fuck's this kid? Like coming into my thing, like you better be down for this shit. Like he's like, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of respect it now that I'm older. Like it's really fucking cool that he did that. Like that probably doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. Hazing. Um, so yeah. You got bucked, did your thing with zero for a while, but eventually parted ways. What was behind that decision? It's kind of like been a minute. It was like a couple things happened at Black Box where I was like, I don't know. I feel like it sounds so bad, but I feel like the graphics were starting to get bad. And I was noticing things like, like James Brockman wasn't getting paid. And me and Dane would be like, dude, what the fuck's going on? Like, I'm why am I getting, like, I'd be like, why am I getting paid and James Brockman's not getting paid? That's, like, not right. And then I remember talking to Jamie about that, and I remember talking to Jamie about, like, this kid Ed Duff really wanted to get on Zero, and we all loved Ed. And I remember being like, dude, why can't Ed fucking skate for Zero? And that was weird. A couple people that work, like, internally at Black Box, they had like business beef maybe with Jamie and uh they ended up quitting I don't know like too much about that but I remember being like damn this person's not here and you're like firing this person like these are all bad signs like I do not want to be like a part of something that seems like it's going like falling apart and it's like Keegan stopped skating kind of I noticed Rattray was like on his way out they started this really weird company called Threat with like Forrest Edwards and Garrett Hill. And I was like, that's really weird too. I don't like that. 
I don't know. I feel like I could have maybe at the time been better about my saying my opinions and things, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I was younger and I was scared. So I just didn't feel like it was, I, I don't know. I thought maybe but if I got on zero and like John, I think John Fitz had, John Fitz had quit early on. I thought we were going to, it was going to go back to like the old zero or something that I grew up watching, which it kind mm -hmm. of, it had its moments, but I just saw that it wasn't like going that direction and people had trouble with Jamie and I'm just like, dude, I think it's like time to move on from this. So I, uh, like I pretty much quit for, I almost, qu I pretty much quit for like nothing. I quit zero just to be like, I'm just going to start over. Hopefully mm -hmm. this works out. If, if not, fuck it. <laughs> You made the move to 3D, which we loved and were rooting for the brand. Big fans of BA over here. How did that come about and take us through the rise and fall of 3D? Okay, so at the time, or while I was filming for the Zero video, I was flow for Gravis, and I was going on Gravis and Analog trips. It was kind of like one of those things where you rode for both of them. I was just flow, mm -hmm. though. And I remember like meeting Ryan Allen, who at the time I was like, dude, this is Ryan Allen. He shot like every sick photo of dickhead. Yeah. He shot every <laughs> sick photo of like Dylan and Arto and Jake Johnson. I was like, holy, and Sammy Winter. I was like, holy fuck, I'm on this trip. Like with these dudes, this is so rad. I get to like, Ryan's like my T somehow he was the TM too. I was like, whoa, this is cool. And like, I got to know him. Somehow. <laughs> I got to know him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh <laughs> i got to know him right from that and then at the time austin was going to skate for gravis i wonder if this is even talked about austin was going he wrote for quicksilver and then he was going to skate for gravis he wrote no he wrote for habitat footwear and he was going to mm -hmm. skate for he was going to skate for gravis and then ryan met up with him a bunch of times and then they were going on sessions together yeah, that happened. So Ryan was skating with Dylan and Austin. They were like a duo back then. It was like Dylan Austin still are uh, when I think about them. But like they were like a duo. And I remember Austin skating for 3D and Ryan being like, Ryan was always like, dude, you shouldn't skate for zero like this shit. And I'm like, dude, no, it's sick. Like, trust me, like Jamie likes my ideas. He's like, he's he's down for me. He's like really fucking cool. He just has like a bad reputation, but like, you know, Ryan's like, okay, dude, okay. Like all, the whole time. I remember like Dylan, everyone being like, can dude skates for zero? Like I was like a kook <laughs> for that. But I was like, oh. no, tr I was like, no, trust me. Like fucking, I don't know. I'm like zero sick. Like Keegan's rad, Rattray. Dude, Rattray even almost became the, like the Gravis TM at one point. I remember Damn. And like, okay, well, whatever. I'm going off a tangent, but like, uh, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan's like, all right, dude, well, if you ever like any other board companies, just like, let me know. And then one day we were skating. I don't, it's been so long. I forget, but we were skating a school. We would go to Gardner a lot. Cause Dylan, this is way before cherry Dylan's filming at Gardner a lot with Russell and shooting photos with Ryan Allen. So we'd be like, they'd pick me up and we go to Gardner and I'd be like, fuck, man, I don't know. Just skating with these dudes, completely different than the Zero thing, different vibe. Alien was in, in the life splicing stages. 
So it was like, whoa, like I'd look at Dylan's fucking alien boards and like touch them and be like, whoa, they have cool texture, <laughs> like all this shit I'd never seen really. I don't know why I only skated like whatever boards and then I just buy random boards, whatever. And then I got zero boards for so long. I like forgot what other boards look like. So I would see Dylan's boards and be like, touch them and be like, fuck, this feels so cool. Like whatever. And I somehow remember at the time, Ryan was like, dude, maybe like it'd be sick if you skated for girl or so. I don't remember how it worked. And I was like, fuck, well, I don't know. Like, whatever so ryan was kind of like since he was my tm at gravis he'd kind of like reach out to other people so then i remember that for some reason was like weird and i was like nah i'm not into that whatever and like it wasn't even a real thing but he would just throw that one around and then he would throw around like what about this 3d thing like i could talk to austin i'm sure they're gonna need like an am and i was like fuck dude i fucking love brian anderson he's one of my favorite skateboarders like austin his skating is like incredible. I'm like, I don't know if Alex Olson likes me, but like, fuck, maybe, <laughs> maybe he doesn't even know me or whatever, but I'm like, fuck, maybe. And I looked up to like all these guys, even though I think they're only like, Austin's a little younger than me, but I still, he was like always in skate videos, like termite fucking <laughs> habitat always. So I like looked up to him, even though I was a little younger, he's a little younger cause you'd yeah. always see him. And then I looked up to Alex Olsen because he was just, like, really good style and fucking look cool. And I'm, like, a little skate nerd, so I had, like, all the mags, and I, I would watch everything, whatever. Still, I still am like that, kind of. But I would see all that and be like, yeah, fuck, man, I really like that. That's cool. So Ryan talked to Austin, and Austin was, like, stoked. And I remember Matt Bublitz, who I mentioned earlier, was going to school in Berkeley, and Brad Stable lives in Berkeley. And I remember somehow always going to Berkeley to skate with Matt. Like there's a time period where like all our footage is in Berkeley. We made another homie video called Low Tide and all mm -hmm. our footage from that, there's like a lot of Berkeley footage. So I met Staba and he was just like the coolest. He just was like, man, fuck zero. Here are these 3D boards. Like <laughs> I'm talking to, I'm talking to Brian, like as soon as possible, like, I'm like, I don't, he's like, do you know Brian? And I'm like, no, I don't know Brian, but I fucking love him. Like, I don't know. I was like, I just love Brian so much. And we had, there's another connection there too. Like our friend, Jake Gascoigne, who worked at Nike. I was like really good friends with him. He was really good friends with Brian. And Jake would always be like, dude, you need to skate for 3D, like quit zero. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know Brian. Like, how am I going to skate for 3D? <laughs> mm -hmm. And then he's just like, dude, just do it. And it'll all fucking work out. And I remember like Jake talking to Brian Brad talking to Brian and then I'm sure Austin talked to Brian and then Alex Olsen quit. But for some reason I didn't care. I was like, Oh, Brian, Austin, it's fine. I don't know. It was like natural. Like, I don't think like, I don't even think like that many people tripped out on that at the time. And then Brian, I remember Brian, if I remember correctly, Brian called me and he's like, Hey, what's up? This is Brian. Brian Anderson like just like and I'm like holy fuck like what's up and he's like well uh are you free these dates I want you to come out to New York I want to like skate with you and I was like what like yes I'm free and then Brad, Brad I remember Brad buying my flight to New York so it was like my I think my yeah it's my second time in New York but now Brian Anderson picks me up in his like he had a Cutlass Supreme 
he picks me up in like the sickest car and I'm like, oh, I felt like such a, I don't know. I'm just like this, like whatever. I don't know. I felt crazy. Like, whoa, I'm here. Brian Anderson picked me up from the airport. He's, <laughs> we're going skate. We're going skating. I'm staying at his house and then we're driving. And I remember being like, holy fuck, I'm in New York with Brian Anderson. And he's like, so Tom, uh, I got to let you know, um, I'm gay. And I'm like, oh yeah, all good. Like, I feel like everyone already, everyone already knew. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, all good, all good. And he's just like, all right. So then I like go to his house. I stayed with him. And then I stayed with him and his boyfriend in the guest room. And I remember in the guest room, like BA is like an artist, you know, he has like all these books and boards and memorabilia and shit and uh, a Tempur-Pedic mattress. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm staying at Brian's. And his house smells really good and shit. He's like into incense. <laughs> and then I remember like, all right, good night, Tom. Like we just kicked it that day. And then I'm like in the room and I'm like, holy fuck, like an Alyssa steamer toy machine board. Like I'm holding it. I'm like, this is so fucking crazy. Like BA, like I was just tripping. And then we went skating for like a week and he was filming. Oh yeah. That's what's crazy too is he was filming for his Nike part. So like this kid, yeah, Grant Yansura flew out because he's the Nike filmer. And then I'm like with Grant and BA and I'm like, holy fuck, like I'm with Grant and Brian Anderson. He's filming his Nike part and I'm just here. So like we would go to like Stefan's house like one day and I was like, holy shit, I'm at Stefan's. This is crazy. And then, and then like grant would be like oh dude like what what's going on here or whatever and i'm like oh i'm just like skating with brian and like i'm skating i was skating 3d boards i was like i'm skating 3d boards and i'm here with with brian and then he's like huh crazy and then okay so then that that trip that trip ends seven days i'm like dude like brian thank you so much whatever i left him like a note and stuff in the bed that i slept in and then like thank you so much like blah 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 i don't remember what i wrote now but i wrote him a note and then i flew home and i was like well fuck that was fucking insane like holy shit and then like all my homies would be like dude did you get on like what's going on and i'm like dude i don't know but i fucking skated with brian anderson for like a week it was insane (laughs) and then i just kept filming and talking to Staba, it there was like Brad and Staba ran it together. So like talk to Staba and Staba would be like, you need boards, blah, blah, blah. I'm good. And then like, it was kind of like a secret. And Instagram wasn't like super insane yet. Mm-hmm. Where like, where people are studying stuff and like figuring things out. BA came out to San Francisco and he's like, yo dude, coming out to SF, like come meet up, come skate. And I'm like, oh fuck yeah, I'll come for sure. And then I, I go out there, Matt's still living in Berkeley. So I'm like, oh, it's natural. I go to Berkeley anyways. And Staba fucking lives there. Skate Mental and 3D are out of Richmond. And then I end up skating and Staba's shooting photos. And he shoots this uh, gap to nose blunt in the city Marin. And I was super hyped on it. Like, uh, I don't know, skating out there and the vibe. It was just really cool. And he shoots this photo and we're like, oh, fuck, sick, whatever. Costin's there. BA's filming for Chronicle. They're all filming for Chronicle still, okay? So then that trip happens, and it's like, oh, cool, Tom. Like, all right, going back home now. Like, talk soon, whatever. And then I remember, like, talking to Brian a bunch, and then he calls me again, and he's like, yo, dude, uh, Grant's coming out again to film for Chronicles. Do you want to come out and skate? And, like, at this point now, me and Grant are friends, you know? So I'm like, hell yeah, like, I'd love that. 
So then I fly out again, same exact trip, like seven days or something. Brian picks me up, but this time it's like, we're like friends and we're like into the same skating. We're into like the same movies. Dude, he would do crazy things too. Like we'd be watching skateboarding. I think at the time, BA's favorite skater was Kurchart and he'd be watching uh, skateboarding but then he'd like put a mirror up to like the TV and he'd watch Kurchart skate reg- regular. And, then, and, and, and I remember like, I just remember being around him. He was like such an artist and he was like so inspiring and like made me want to like be even weirder and like draw and do whatever. So then whatever, like that week goes by, we're filming tricks. I'm just filming tricks with Grant now at this point for like nothing. But then there's this one night where BA is like, let's get pizza, my favorite pizza spot. I'm like, okay, sick. I'm just like tripping. I'm like, fuck, I'm in New York again. I'm with BA. It's like, I don't know. It's like a dream, right? For probably a lot of people. And I'm like, fuck, mm-hmm. dude, I'm in New York. And uh, we uh, go to this pizza place and we order pizza. And then he goes outside and he's like, I wanted to ask you something. Would you skate for 3D? And he like pulls out. Wait, I have to like do it with my hands. He like pulls out like a thing and it's a giant. He had it like scanned at, he said Kinko's or something or FedEx at the time. Like that, this nose blunt that I shot and it was like the 3D oh, ad. And I, and I was like, uh, fuck yeah. And I like almost, I think I almost started crying and like maybe Damn. he was like, he was maybe like tripping too. And I'm like, I was like shaking and shit. And I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking skate for 3D. Like, of course, come on. And then, like, I hugged him and stuff, and we had pizza, and I remember, like, Grant's like, dude, I I knew about that ad the whole time. I was just waiting for you to see it. And I was like, dude, that's so crazy. That's so crazy. And then called, like, my wife now, and I'm like, holy fuck, I got on 3D. Like, Brian just gave me the ad, but she was my girlfriend at the time. And then I called, like, Matt, and I was like, holy fuck, dude, I got on 3D. Like, it's fucking insane. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, I remember tripping on that, and then... All the footage ended up going to this little video that Matt made as his first, it was his first job for Thrasher. He made my welcome to 3D uh, edit for Thrasher. So it was like this whole connection of like me and my homies. It's like, it follows me through my whole path in skating. It's like pretty Mm -hmm. fucking crazy. So like, yeah, Matt was there with me since Warfare, since One in a Million, since all the homie videos. Then like through New Balance, coming on those sessions he got a job at skateboard mag then he got a job at thrasher because of zero and then now he's like making my welcome to 3d edit and it's just like dude like this shit is crazy right now like the flow of things so then that happened and then slowly i think i've i it's kind of weird because i've never i i've had gnarly talks with brian about it but i feel like at the time when he ended 3D, he was like going through a lot. He was still like not out as gay yet. And he was going through a lot. I think he was going through a lot in his life. And I feel like at the time there was too much pressure for him to like do all the graphics, do all the social media, do everything. I think it like, I don't know. I think it got to him. And I feel like that probably happens to like a lot of people in a lot of jobs. And I think it was just easier for him to like not do it. So then that ended on like, there was no like beef or anything. It was just like, I mm. kind of under, I kind of understood. Yeah. But that, that was kind of crazy because at the time, <laughs> but leading up to that, it was like, Brian would always text me stuff, but I think it was things with like him and Brad in, internally 
I don't know like too much because I, I don't like to be nosy with those kinds of things, but I feel like there was just too much pressure. But like at the time, me and Brian are like friends the whole time. And like, I don't really fully see it. I, I didn't really fully see it coming. And I don't think Austin fully did either, but I'm not sure I've never, I don't know why I've like never really asked these questions that I probably should get answers to, but I was just like, oh, whoa, you're just over it? Like, fuck. And then he kind of like explained it. And I'm like, dude, I understand. Like, it's all good. Like, I, I fucking love you. Like, thanks mm-hmm. for doing everything you did for me. And it was crazy because I feel like getting announced with like the way he pulled out the ad and two trips to New York and like skating with him a, like a couple times before that, it was kind of like an old school way of like yeah. getting on a team. It was no like, yeah, yeah. it was no like, we need the fucking dude that skates transition that's going to be an Olympian. So like, let's put him on. It was just like straight up, BA was just like hyped on me and he liked my skating. And I got to meet him and hang out with him. And we would like talk about Sonic Youth, Templeton, fucking like old movies, weird art. We draw together. And I feel like, dude, that's like how a skate team should be. So I feel like he introduced that like to me, which I thought was like a lot of skaters probably don't get to do that. So I felt really fortunate that I was announced on that. But uh, guess what I was getting to is... I got asked to do a Transworld video part with Chris Thiessen. It was like one of the last Transworld videos. And we would go on crazy trips to like China and New Balance was doing a lot of trips at this time too. So I remember being in China on like the first week of this Transworld trip and I had the sickest 3D board. It was like, it was this cat that BA drew and he just drew it three times. And I was like, holy fuck, this is the sickest fucking graphic. I'm only gonna skate this. And uh, I brought like six of those boards or whatever. And uh, it's like 2 a.m. in China and I just hear my phone ring and I'm like, what the hell? Like I wake up and it's like Brian Anderson and I like don't really think about it or whatever. And then I wake up like 30 minutes later and there's like a voicemail and he's like, I think it was something like, I don't remember it now because it was crazy, but he's like, yeah, I'm done with 3D. I'll explain more. I know you're on a trip. And I'm just like, hold my like stomach drop, like, holy shit. Damn. And then I remember walking around, I remember walking around China, like, like I just woke up and like left the hotel and being like, holy fuck, like, what do I do right now? This is crazy. I'm on a trans world trip filming for this part. 3D is done. And I'm like, I'm just going to hide it from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so then I didn't want to bum anyone out on the trip. You know, I didn't want to like talk about myself like, oh, dude, poor me. I'm like, I'm in fucking China, dude. I'm going to have like a sick ass time. So then, yeah, I didn't tell anybody. And then I just come home and on the flight home and shit, I had like a lot of time to think about like, what do I do? Like, is skating done? Like, I don't know what to do. And then I get back home and I'm finishing the the Transworld part. And I randomly got the cover with like of Transworld with the most random photo. And I was so fucking hyped. And I'm like, dude, I didn't think I was like a skater that could get a cover and uh especially with like it was a pretty weird cover and i was like dude i'm fucking hyped that this cover is so weird it's at this spot brian anderson and like templeton skated i'm fucking stoked and then i remember brad calling me and being like dude just skate for fucking skate mental we're all down for you and i was like fuck dude i'm down it was like literally that easy of a transition because it was like the same distribution the same everything Mm -hmm. so i was just like dude i'm down and then I was still am at this point. And uh, 
I was like, dude, I'm down. And then he's like, yeah, I want to, you can, I want you to go pro for skate mental, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, then I just, after sub substance, which was a trans world video, I just kept filming with Matt. I always just skate with Matt. And then we made a video part and that was fucking sick. Cause Brad, I like at the time, I don't know. I would just be like, yo, Brad, could I please go to like Barcelona with Matt? And he'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, could you buy Matt's flight? Here's the flight. And he's like, yeah. And then it was fucking cool. Like some crazy dream. And then like my friend Jake Smith went that doesn't, he's not sponsored or anything and he skates for fun. So it was like, dude, I'm on a fucking trip filming for my pro part with like two of my fucking homies. And I'm staying at like Tyler Suri's house. It's like, I don't know. This path of skating is always so it's like flows so naturally that it like trips me out. I'm like, Tyler Suri is like my really good homie from New Balance trips and meeting him through that. Like me and my friends get to stay at his house while I film for a pro part in Barcelona. That's like a dream thing. Yeah, that's so sick. Dream scenario. And then film this part and then Brad turned me pro for skate mental. And I was like, whoa, like that's fucking crazy. And it was like, he worked with me on like my ideas. I like wanted to do this like wall ride, how to not flip your board fucking it was like an inside joke at the time, like not flipping your board, how to like avoid walls and only do wall rides and avoid stair sets. And it was like this stupid fucking idea and it was really skate mental and I was really hyped on it. <laughs> so Brad made that like my first graphic. Bro, that's a fucking wild ride, man. <laughs> yeah. And then like he would do crazy shit. Like I'd be like, yo, dude, I love the Tupac song Still Ballin'. Can we make a board where Tupac's wall riding and call it Still Wallin'? And then he's like, dude, let's call it ambitions as a rider, as a wall rider. And I was like, holy, <laughs> I was like, holy fuck. Like, I don't know, graphics and stuff would work that naturally where I was like, dude, this is fucking crazy. So then I had like a Tupac board. I don't know, just like little things like that where I was like, fuck, man, this is really cool. But yeah, that's the story with 3D. But there is no, there is no hate ever for like any decision that like, brian made with that oh for sure somehow through like this crazy path that i've taken it's like jamie thomas understood what i was saying at the time and we're fucking homies right now me and brad are homies and like me and brian are homies so it's like it's crazy i just i don't know i just try to be respectful to these people that like made me uh be able to be a pro skateboarder 100 percent g Man, that's crazy that the whole 3D thing went down like that. It was like, you didn't have a board sponsor, then you have a board sponsor, like dream situation kind of thing. And at the same time, yeah. it was like, before you were on New Balance, same thing. Ryan told us he wasn't going to put you on, but then you were so damn nice that his grumpy ass <laughs> fucking couldn't say no anymore. And then he was saying that he was like i don't know if i can put you fully on though because like the team's super critical but eventually you went over the whole team <laughs> just in time for them to go out of business so that, <laughs> that's a whole roller coaster in itself before you got on new balance yeah that shit was so, so that shit was so crazy that like day of the gravis thing <laughs> um, yeah what happened <laughs> oh just like i was at work like filing some papers and shit and Ryan calls me and he's like, yo, dude, Gravis is done. Try to get shoes from like, like your other favorite company. Like, but just start trying now. Cause I think all these other dudes are going to start trying to like, I don't know. It's like such a homie move. 
And I was like, fuck, dude, I don't know what to do. Like, I love Gravis. I fucking love Dylan and Arto and, like, Russell and Ryan. I don't know what to do. Like, these are, like, dudes that I look up to and really like. And for some reason, I always... uh, Dylan was the shit, but I always, like, kind of navigated more toward Arto because he was, like... I don't even know why. I think he's just, like... I don't know why. I just, like, for some reason, I love... I fucking loved Arto so much, and I would just be, like... He was kind of like the team captain vibe, so I feel like I navigated toward that. And uh, I'm pretty sure he's, like, a huge reason. He's, like, a big break as well. He, I'm sure he, like, talked to Jamie and was like, dude, we're putting Tom on Gravis and Analog. Like, put him on fucking zero. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm almost, po- I'm almost positive he had that talk with Jamie, and I'm like, holy shit, like, how did... How did that happen? That's so crazy. But yeah, so that ended. And uh, Russell, who worked for Gravis, he's the filmer. He was like the coolest. And I just clicked with him so much. And Arto and Dylan too at the time. But uh, Arto and uh, Russell got like a, a phone call from uh, this guy, Sebastian, at who was starting New Balance through, in the beginning it was through Black Box. And he was like, yeah, I'm really hyped on you and Russell. And I'm thinking that Tom is one of our AMs. He, he like met me before through Black Box, I think. And he just reached out. And I remember, it sounds really crazy. I was actually thinking about this the other day because of where New Balance is now. It's like the fucking shit. Like Tiago's on Westgate. It supports like my favorite skaters, Jordan Taylor, Tom Knox, Trahane, like, I don't know, they do such a good job supporting, like, all my fucking homies. But at the time, I was like, dude, New Balance? Like, what the hell? Like, how am I going to, like... I'm just, like, this am skater trying to, like, figure out who I am in skating. And now I have to, like, support another big... uh, Like, another big shoe company coming in. And I wasn't sure. I'm like, dude, Arto, I don't know. Fuck, man. And he's like, bro, where are the fucking shoes? Like, he would just always tell me shit, like... You're going skating? <laughs> Wear the fucking shoes, bro. And like Russell started filming for them. And I'm like, okay, it's Russell who I trust and Arto who I trust. And then like John Ratchet was involved. And remember I told you guys like Ratchet is a big reason I liked Zero. And he was going to be be the Gravis TM. And I was like, dude, I trust fucking Ratchet too, man. This is like, this is awesome. So I, I did it. So I guess I was one of the first people to skate for New Balance. Uh, me... Arto, PJ, and Levi. I just, that felt right. And I just like, I knew it was going to be sick. And after like, after I got to know Seb even more and like, I saw how he treated people and like took care of people. I was like, dude, this is like the shit. And I don't know. It's grown to be like, literally, I fucking, I love it. Good call, man. Good call for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the time, it's like, at the beginning, which is so long ago now, it's like literally nine years ago, I was just like, dude, I don't know. Is this like the right move to do? And it, it, I think it, it was. I, I fucking love it. And like, I love, I still love the way they do everything. They treat people really nicely. I don't know. It's cool. And they sponsor, like, literally, I just told you guys, like some of my favorite skaters. It's fucking yeah, cool. Sick, well-rounded team, man. And y'all got Kawhi Leonard. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> really that's really epic. Yeah. Yesterday, 
CHPL proudly released a new watch together with Ryan Lake and Skate After School. Among Arizona's K-12 students, roughly 214,000 are alone and unsupervised after school. After school programs like Skate After School keep kids safe, boost student success, and help parents keep their jobs. Skate After School is a Phoenix-based nonprofit partnering with schools to provide skateboarding programs to underdeserved youth. If you would like to know more and support Skate After School, you can either visit their website, skateafterschool.org, or purchase their watch from chpobrand.com. 100% of the profits will be donated. CHPO Brand, as always, doing it for the people. So now you've landed on your current home at Weekend. You've been on the team for quite some time with the good homie Grant. Uh, tell us about the Weekend program and what's got you so hyped on that being your final destination. Yeah, so after, at the end of Skate Mental, it was like Brad kind of had, uh, I think just sold the company a couple times to try to distribute it to different places. And I couldn't get boards, graphics, or anything. Like it just seemed like, it was really, really stagnant. And I was around, I was filming for the New Balance video, String Theory. So I was going on all these trips with Jordan Taylor and like looking for spots with Jordan Taylor. And I had become like, we were always really good friends, but we became like really close during that time period. And I remember he, he kind of just joked around like, dude, like skate for a weekend, like fuck it. And I'd be like, dude, I'm down. I fucking love like, all the videos Grant makes, all the dudes that skate for it, they're all like what I'm about. Like, it just seemed like so natural. And Jordan would be like, dude, just talk to Grant, like to see. And I'd be like, fuck dude, I can't like talk to Grant. I don't want to like burden him by asking him to get on the team. And I remember like being around like Jordan and Alex Schmidt a lot. And like Alex is like, dude, skate for a weekend. And I'm like, fuck, like I'm down. And, uh, just like filming the New Balance video on skate mental boards. And then I was just kind of doing my thing. Matt and I started this uh, little, Matt Bublitz that works for Thrasher, who I mentioned earlier. We started this, we wanted to do like a little, we were kind of hyped on people doing like a little accessory clothing company thing. So we started this thing called Museum. So I was like, let's film shit for Museum and like do this whole thing. So we did, we did that and I was writing skate mental boards and then during that, I was just skating with Jordan so much and I would like randomly here and there film tricks with Grant. And I remember it reached a point where Grant was just called me and he's like, yo, dude, you bring like a sick energy to the team. Like, would you skate for a weekend? And I was like, fuck yeah, I'll skate for a weekend. And, and he's like, we need to film like a welcome video and like talk about your graphics and do all this stuff. And I was like, whoa, I haven't heard about like talking about a vid team video and like things like that for like a minute. Uh, so I got really sparked on it. And I remember getting like my first boards and being like, like staring at them, like kind of shaking. It was like a 3D feeling. Like I was like, whoa, this is like what I'm about. I got these weekend socks and I was like, dude, I love these socks. I'm going to wear them like all the time. Like everything I was like, and I'm like 32 now. And I'm like, holy shit, I have the same feeling as zero, the same feeling as 3D. Now, now, the now I get the same feeling for like weekend. So I was like tripping on that. And then I remember me and Matt are almost done with this museum part. And I'm like, yo, Matt, I got to film this weekend part. So like me and Grant and Matt helped again, like the natural flow of things, Matt helped with filming that part. 
So then I had like a museum part come out and then I had the weekend part come out pretty close after. But the whole time I'm like, dude, this is where I want to be with like Taylor Caruso, Alex Schmidt, Jordan Taylor, like all these skaters that I fucking love and I look up to. They like look for their own spots. They skate locally. They like have the same struggles as me. I don't know. I just love it. And then Grant being like, Grant's so involved in the company and like he's so involved with like helping with skate spots. Like, dude, they, they literally all live in, they all live in Glendale and they're all around hockey, FA, frog, all these teams, uh, all these skaters live in that area. And just like Grant's motivation for making shit skatable that like none of those dudes have seen. He like gets spots like pop in and just like seeing that from like the outside, I'm like, holy shit. Like, Grant's the dude that's making all this stuff in LA happen. Like Grant is, Alex is, Jordan is. I'm like so fucking hyped on weekend. Like these dudes love looking for spots and like fixing them. That's like what I'm about. And I just remember being like, fuck dude, I like really want to skate for weekend. Yeah, that all worked out with that phone call from Grant and then getting the boards and tripping being friend like best friends with Jordan Taylor. It was just like, dude, this is the exact same feeling as 3d. It's like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And then Grant's like, yeah, let's, let's start working on your graphics. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, what do I do for my first graphics? And like, I remember being hyped on Minesweeper, like the game from the computer in the nineties. And I'm like, could I please have a Minesweeper board? And he like made that happen. He's like (laughs) making that shit happen. He's like out filming me. He's like, we're going on trips now. Like haven't been on a skate trip for a skateboard company in so long, like a deck company. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, this is like, I don't know. This is probably like toy mission in the 1990s. Like we're just like going on fucking trips and we're all in the van. We're all talking shit. We're like making fun of each other. We're like having fun. Like, I don't know. It's exactly when I was a kid, what I imagined being on like toy machine or zero would be is like what weekends doing now. It's just like, I'm in the van, we're making fun of each other, we're listening to cool music, like we're just driving and Jordan will be like, oh, spot, and we'll like U-turn, then we'll spend like five hours fixing it, and then like someone will get a clip. It's like, <laughs> dude, that's like skate. That's like skateboarding to me, and I'm fucking so hyped I get to be a part of Weekend. Like I, every time Grant has like a video come out, like the last couple I'm not even, I'm barely in them, like Jordan's part, Trevor and Andrew's part. I'm like so proud to be on weekend. It's like crazy. Like I'm like, they fucking make spots. They're all homies. They're all my age. We all have the same struggle. Like I love this shit. It's like the most relatable thing to me. Yeah. And I I thank Grant and Jordan and everyone for letting me fucking skate for weekend. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Yeah. That shit's like a dream come true. That's what's up. It's good after all the ups and downs that you fucking landed in the right place. Shout out to Grant. And weekend for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned you're obsessed with, you know, fixing up spots, finding new spots. All your parts are fucking full of new spots I've never seen, which is pretty impressive for someone who lives in Southern Cali. Thanks. But uh, you're also obsessed with finding old spots from old videos and just checking those out as well as spots from movies and uh, movie scenes. Uh, Where does that obsession come from? I don't know. I think I like, like, I think I just like, like finding stuff, like no matter what it is, it's like, I'll drive so far to like, look at something and be like, whoa, this is the fucking rail Kirchart tray flip lipped <laughs> like in 2006. That's fucking cool. And then like, you even go older than that. You're like, 
dude, I'm at the rail that Gon's board slid in video days. It's still here. It's like, we just, I just saw it. Like we're in like San Luis Obispo and I'm like, dude, the fucking Gon's rail is here. Let's go find it. We find the Gon's rail. It's like, there's something like about our culture and skating where like things like that, hopefully like live on, like hopefully other kids find that cool. And I feel like if I tell that story, I'm sure like people before me love doing that. Like I bet Brian Anderson would love to see fucking the rail Gon's board slid, you know, like he'd sure. probably go to it. I don't know. And I, I, I hopefully that whole thing comes back around and like other generations of skaters are like, that's the thing Jordan Taylor kickflipped into. Holy <laughs> shit. I don't know. I like love that part of our culture is like the history of it. It's like so important to me. And like, I guess the way you pave it in your own skating is cool too. I don't know. I like that. So I'm obsessed with finding stuff like that. And the same with movies. It's like, I grew up on this Batman movie. I want to find the alley that the Batmobile drives down. <laughs> I just found, I found one of them. Yeah. I just like found one of them or like, I feel like there's a connection with like eighties and nineties bank robbery movies and skating. I feel like we're kind of like not supposed to be doing it, but we're like, fuck it. We're skaters. Like let's unknob this shit. And you're, it's kind of like a bank heist or something. So I feel like <laughs> those kinds of movies back then, the feeling I would get is like, now in real life when i go and do that i'm like dude i'm like i'm like de niro and heat or something <laughs> i don't know that's a good way to look at it yeah so i love like finding all that stuff i don't know i feel like there's a connection with movies and skateboarding i feel like lately too there's like this is this one's crazy too is like kendrick's dropping like this new album so i've been i i have phases of hip-hop and stuff but then i was going super deep into like like to pimp a butterfly and like the connections with Tupac and like Kendrick's like look into the past and like Tupac's in that album a lot. And then I'm watching like Tupac interviews now. And like, he's talking about fucking rap, like the same way I feel about skateboarding, hmm. just like little things like that. And I'm like, dude, there's connections and all this stuff. And I'm like tripping on it. Like Kendrick lyrics, Kendrick having Tupac in his album talking. It's like, dude, that's like me skating a spot that Brian Anderson skated or me skating a spot like Ed Templeton skated. I'm just trying to pay homage to like the past. I want someone to be like, that's the fucking Brian Anderson hubba. That's like the Jamie Thomas rail. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, dude, that dude skated the Jamie Thomas rail. Like, I like that. Like, that's cool to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Pretty weird, pretty weird, but yeah. <laughs> no, nah, you can make connections to anything, man. And the way you look at it, it seems like you find a way to intertwine everything in your life, man, with like your friends and the companies and now your movies and music into skating. So Yeah, it's trippy. Yeah. There's like a, I think it's all like, it's like no nostalgia is like a big part of it too. It's like, and in skating, when companies lose that like, these comp some companies these days aren't like what they were back in the day. And when they lose that, you're like, fuck you want, you want those companies to like refine that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like when sometimes they can, and you're like, fuck yeah. Like how sick is it? If you, you saw like a girl video and Mike Carroll, you heard like Mike Carroll and Rick Howard are having a little part in it. You'd be like mind blown. Like that's what you want to <laughs> fucking hear. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, it's cool when like things do that. And then you're like, yes, I was tripping out on it actually before I took this phone call. I had to do some stuff in Santa Ana where I grew up. And I remember driving by like the Best Buy where they had like PlayStation 1 when it came out. And I was like, dude, that's where I fucking played PlayStation 1. Like <laughs> I played like Metal Gear Solid 
in this the test Classic. one in this put in this yeah in this best buy i was like it's not a best buy anymore but i was like dude that feeling was sick it like made me want to like find it made me want to like find old shit and like look at it or skate it or like i don't know i think there's a connection with like nostalgia and skating and it gets mm-hmm. me hyped and i think it gets like a lot of people hyped for sure 100 percent, man word on the street is you're always trying to save wild animals we definitely respect that but uh what's the story with the ducks in traffic man what happened there i think the story we were going like skating and i remember like uh by my friend richie's house i was just like driving and i look over and there's a duck with all her like little with the little ducks following her and i remember being like holy shit it's kind of not moving i just like put my car in park ran out on the street it's like a busy street it's adams in honey adams and beach boulevard in huntington pretty main street cross streets i ran out and i like grabbed the duck and i grabbed the little duck what are the little ducks called duckling no ducklings maybe yeah yeah like i grabbed all our little kids and i put them <laughs> in my friend in my friend and my friend andy had a white flannel i remember and i would always wear it because i thought it was sick like oh white flannel and <laughs> I picked up all the ducks and I put them in the in my shirt in the white flannel and I carried them over to this this little little pond and I had like a moment with the with the mother duck I like she like trusted me with the kids and I like put her in the lake and I put the little ducks in the lake and then I remember like showing up to the sesh like bloody because I think maybe the mama duck got like hit by something or I don't know uh, and I remember showing up with Andy's flannel all fucking bloody and oh, I remember shit. all the homies being like dude what happened like what and I'm like dude the ducks <laughs> saved the ducks and then I Andy Andy took his flannel back <laughs> that's such a random story oh my god amazing man hats off to you on that one and another rescue story, man. We heard you saved the other Tom K's life. That's what's up. We definitely need him oh around. My God. But what's the Tom Knox <laughs> rescue story? Oh, my God. Dude, that's fucking funny. Okay, so <laughs> the story is so random. We're on, like, the second trip to... The second time we go to London on a New Balance trip, and, like, the whole team's there. Like, back then, the team was, like, a lot smaller, so a lot of people could go on trips. And we go to this spot that Knox has skated before. It's like a little brick outledge, uh, front side for Goofy. I don't really remember what he did there or what people have done there. And we go to, uh, we go there and we're with like Sam Ashley who runs Free Skate Mag and like a, a bunch of people. And Siri, me and Siri are like, dude, is that the album cover from Pink Floyd Animals? I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's it. Like. Siri's like a big Pink Floyd fan. I, I'm kind of, I'm pretty into Pink Floyd. My dad was into Pink Floyd. So I'm like, dude, we have to go over there and take a photo of it. Like my dad's going to be so hyped on this. So we skate super far. <laughs> we skate super far and we take photos of this thing. And me and Siri are just kind of like having a moment like, damn, this is gnarly. Again, like looking at cool shit, like finding cool shit on a skate trip. Uh, like kind of looking for spots from movies and music videos back home. It's like the same thing. Like, dude, the album cover, Surrey, it's like down the way. It's like, let's go skate there. And then we skate there. We see the album cover, take photos, and we come back to the session. We like left the session, everyone's skating. We come back. Me and Surrey are like, what's going on? There's like a huge circle like of New Balance team, of the New Balance team. And then there's Tom Knox, like, running around in the circle, 
with this big dude chasing him and he's like i'm gonna fucking kill you i'm gonna fucking kill you get over here <laughs> and, like, and then he i just see this happening and i like look around it was kind of like slow motion or something and i remember him going like i'm gonna fucking kill you and then Knox is making eye contact with like people and then he makes eye contact with me and he's like help someone help me help and he like looks at me and i don't know like what happened but i just sprint i like i felt like i sprinted and i tackled this dude chasing Knox like pretty hard and then i held him on the ground and i'm like yo chill chill you good Damn. and he's like <laughs> where's your where's your friend where's your friend i'm gonna kill him i'm gonna kill him and i'm like holding this dude as hard as i can after i t like speared him and then <laughs> as soon as i spear him like everyone kind of like the circle disperses and everyone like runs over this bridge and i remember like i'm like oh fuck i'm gonna like let this dude go and i'm gonna get beat up and then i just like kind of let him go and he's like where's your fucking friend mate and he's just like he looks so crazy and he's in my face he's like where's your friend where's your friend? And then I'm like, yo, you gotta go. You gotta go. And I remember turning around and Manny Lopez, who skates for New Balance uh, as well, he actually, I think, just got on, like, as I'm talking to you guys, he had, like, a little welcome thing. He is right next to me and he's just, like, has my back and he's like, yo, you need to leave, like, to this fucking dude. And this dude kind of just starts, like, jogging in place and then he kind of starts looking for Tom Knox and we just skate over the bridge and Manny lived in England, but he's, I think he's from Canada, maybe. Manny, he might hmm. be Canadian, but he lived in England. And then, so he was able to like call Sam Ashley and be like, yo, where are you guys? They're at this other spot. Then we all go over there and Knox is like fucking like, <sighs> like so much adrenaline. And then like, yeah, I fucking, I don't know. It was crazy. That's the story. But I feel like I've never done anything like that. It was like some weird instinct came out to like save Tom Knox. Dude, why was everyone standing around and you had to come out of nowhere to save his ass like and what the hell happened like why was the guy trying to kill I, him anyways i have i like we came to the conclusion that like i think when people are kind of crazy like that or like maybe schizophrenic or i don't know they just like target onto people and then they like can't get off them like maybe he like saw Knox first and was like this dude has like an issue i have an issue with this dude and then i also noticed also noticed after I speared him, uh, he kind of had like something in his hand. Like I kind of noticed something in his hand and I'm like, fuck man, I'm going to get stabbed in England and die here. I was just like, God damn it. Oh like God. thinking all this shit. God damn it. And then I remember that got brought up. Like why didn't other people do stuff? I think like maybe when that happens in the moment, you're like, is this real? Is this like really happening? But I think I just showed up to it and I was like, no, fuck this tackled the dude i think it was just like i just showed up and then Fucking like legend. i just did i don't know your but instincts yeah. kicked in man yeah did what had to be done yeah that's kind of the only time that's happened or like i've never really been on a skate trip where that something like that's happened fuck my fuck. thing but yeah man. fuck real one in the building <laughs> good man to have around <laughs> Yeah, he might be one of the nicest, <laughs> sweetest guys in the game, but he'll fucking spear you with his body. <laughs> <laughs> with his body. What else would he spear you with? A spear. Uh, <laughs> oh, you got to ask. Uh, I, I kind of want to know, like, what I want to know Knox's version of that. He brings it up, like, randomly, but I, I kind of wish I could, like, watch it because it probably looked hilarious. Like, I wish I could have watched it from the outside. 
tell Tom to come on the pod and and tell the story. Yeah, he should. All right, so Tom, take us behind the scenes on your triple OG, triple NAR factor blade, extremely sharp, gap to nose grind in Cold War. And what's the story about that military base? Yeah, so that spot's in Alameda. There's a gap trail in there that Rattray frontboarded in Dino Live and Duffel Smith grinded. And I remember being like a kid and watching Dino Live and being like, fuck that frontboard. It's filmed so cool. I love Rattray. And now I'm older and I'm like, cool, I'm filming for the Zero video. I kind of want to like throw it back to like a spot from Dino Live. I haven't seen the spot that much since Rattray skated it, Cairo skates it, Corey skates it. And I'm like, fuck man, I, I don't have a nose grind for the video. This could be like the one that I get for the video. And then I remember going there and like there's a huge gate in the way. There's all this shit that's wrong with it. So I fucking, I like went there for this gap to nose grind and I took the gate, slowly took the gate apart fully. It's at a military base. We would hide from the cops, take the gate out. And then I remember looking at it and being like, fuck. So like, let's fuck around for like a little. We're walking around the military base and uh, I don't know. It's like, it's another connection to fucking like liking movies and music videos and random shit. But I like like exploring random buildings and shit. So we're like in Alameda, the old base, military base is like super run down. There's like a prison in it and shit. We're like walking through it like, whoa, this is so gnarly. And I remember I like start to leave the crew cause I got super into like exploring this building. And all of a sudden I just fall through this hole. <laughs> I fall through <laughs> a hole in the ground oh. and I nut and I nut a pipe. Oh. And then I'm, and then I'm like, oh, help, oh. help, <laughs> like yelling. I'm like yelling like help, fuck. And all the homies like find fi- all the homies find me. The pipe is pretty fat though, so I fucking nut it, and I'm like sitting on this pipe, and I'm dangling, and I'm like half my body's like in the hole, and I'm like fuck, oh my god, my nuts, I'm just like oh, I'm all fucked. They Matt and everyone find me, and I'm like, they shine a flashlight, and dude, below the pipe, it's just like I don't, I'm probably exaggerating, but it's like seem like five feet. And then there was like water and mud and it was just like the basement of this fucking military base. And it was so gross. And I just remember being like, help me get out. Help me get out. And I fucking get out. And we're just like tripping like, dude, I fell in this fucking hole. Imagine if that went on for like 30 feet, I would have died or something. Into some fucking mud. Yeah. So I fucking nut this pipe and then we like leave We leave Alameda base the trip continues or something. And then we come back, the fence is in the way of the rail. I had already taken it all apart. So we just come back and swing it open. And I just start trying nose grinds and like one worked out. And I remember fucking tripping on that. But then now that I'm thinking about that, I do this random thing. I don't know why I do it. I like, I did it during string theory, but sometimes I have to call like my favorite skateboarders or text them and be like, Dude, this sounds so weird, but, like, I had to, like, call Cairo and be, like, hey, Cairo, like, you don't know who this is. This is, like, Tom Krangelov. I skate for Zero. I, I, I was, like, I, I was, like, I skate. Yeah, I was, like, I skate for Zero. I'm just, like, double checking that you didn't want to gap to nose grind this rail. It's in Alameda. Oh, after and, you did it. No, 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 no. Oh, like, before. way before. Oh, okay. Like, way before even driving up there. Oh, okay. And then he's, like, 
I fucking he's like I gap to lipped it, but I I always really wanted to nose grind it, but you got it. Like you, he's like gave me his blessing, and I was like, <laughs> I like had to get his blessing like before I tried it. And I remember thinking like, dude, that's probably so weird to get a. I think it was a phone call to him, <laughs> and then I got his blessing, and then I remember going there and doing it and then i like texted him the footage or something and i was like dude thanks like i i couldn't fucking do this without you like you fucking i don't know just because i saw you skate it and ratray you guys got me hyped on the spot and then he was like ever since then we were kind of like friends and but i don't like know him that well but i was like friends with him from that text and phone call maybe like on a respect level yeah but then i fucking I've done it a couple times, but then during string theory, I, I was like skating this spot that I swear, like during minefield, Omar Salazar would like do the same line, but front board the rail. And I was like, so scared. And I remember being told like, oh yeah, if you get this line, it's the opening line to your, to your new balance string theory part. And he's like, the filmer, Jake Ledger is like, there's an empty space for this line. You have to get it. And I remember just going to the fucking school and being like, fuck, dude, I'm about to like have to grind the 14 rail. It's been a minute. And you kind of take this cool route to it. Is it the 50-50? And I remember it's like a ollie over a manhole yeah, tail slide. cover and then 50. Yeah. yeah. So then I'm like, all right, I'm down to try this. Like I had to, I had to open this gate. It took me a minute and I had to fix some shit. And then I texted Omar Salazar and I was like, yo, Omar, this is like some, sh I'm at this spot right now. I'm really fucking scared, but I know you'd front board this rail. Can you just say I got it or something? And he's like, you fucking got this shit. <laughs> but yeah, I, maybe, maybe, but he's like, dude, you got this. He's like, you fucking got this dude. Like go for it. And I was like, fuck yeah. And then like, I remember walking into a field to text Omar and then I like put my phone down and I fucking did it. And then I remember like telling him like, yo dude, I fucking got the line. Thank you so much. But I was a, I was about to do it the other day too, but I was like, dude, this is such a crazy way of skating. Like that's like definitely a, that's like an OCD thing. I yeah, think, yeah. but yeah, the Cairo one, he like gave me his blessing. I nose grinded it. I shut the gate. I got the photo and it was like one of the, it was one of those things where like I hadn't had too many photos in Thrasher. And I think because Alameda based is like a SF spot, maybe like Tony and Burnett were hyped. So they like use that photo. And I remember being like, holy shit, Sick. I fucking have a photo in Thrasher on this spot. I was just like, so I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Dude, that spot's insane. I think yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Rattray had like a front board photo back in the day. Yeah. It was and so, yeah, I, it was I epic. remember it just looked like not human, especially cause we were kids. Yeah. I was like, wait, he ollied from all the way over there onto this rail. Like it didn't make sense. So yeah, nose grind that so is, cool. is fucking heavy. Mad yeah. respect. So thanks. What's next for Tom Karanjalov, man? What do you got coming up? It's crazy. Following, I feel like I keep saying this like homie path thing, but like Matt, Matt Bubbitz is like going to have a baby in August, and he has a he's like getting ready for that, and he's been filming with all our other friends that like work jobs, and they're all like really gnarly skaters. Ben Woosley. Uh, John DeMar, Chris Brunner, this kid Malachi that lives in Hawaii. Uh, he's filmed like really gnarly parts with them. And, and Matt and my homies were like, dude, this is going to be like another homie video. Is there any way you could get some footage or even have a part? And like John DeMar kind of even asked me like, yo, can you have a part? And I'm like, fuck it. Everything I film from like this point on, 
is for your video, Matt. It's like our, it's not our like last homie video, but I'm like, dude, you're going to become a dad. It's like, I got to try my hardest to have a part in your video. Same so man. like back to the homie video, like full circle where it all began. That's what's <laughs> up, man. Love that. Yeah, keep us updated when that's coming out. Got to fucking peep that, man. Matt was awesome. It, Helped us with the question, so shout out to him. Yeah, it was. it's sick because it's at the stage where, like, everyone's like, what's the video name? Like, let's figure it out. No one knows it. Like, it's, like, at this same stage that I we had at our first video where we're like, what do we call it? <laughs> Warfare 2. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Yo, 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 it's Rapid Fire with the Ghost. And this week, we brought to you by none other than Spitfire Wheels. Are you looking for a fast wheel with a super wide riding surface? Spitfire announces the new Formula 4 Radial Fulls. Extra wide riding surface with radial shaped sidewalls for control and locking ability. Spitfire Radial Fulls are out now in 99 Duro in 56 and 58 millimeter sizes. So make sure you hit your local shop for them. Tell them the bunt sent you. All right, Tom, little rapid fire before you go skate with your squad. Are you ready to fucking make it pop? <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, favorite skater? Templeton and Omar Salazar. Favorite video? Cut machine, jump off a building. Favorite video part? Antoine Dixon and Baker 3, because, like, at, yeah, after I saw that, it, like, something, like, there's, that was, like, one of those parts where I was, like, he's gnarly, crooking, big shit, he, like, looks cool, my homie skates with him, and I remember being, like, I'm learning gnarly crooks because of Antoine Dixon, so his part in Baker 3 Sick. was really fucking epic. And when he does the no side pretzel, he screams with the song. That's like <laughs> yeah, Reynolds yeah. or Dustin Dolan made that really fucking cool. And then Jerry's part in Bag of Suck, because I remember fucking, that was like my Counter-Strike phase. And I remember hearing like Jerry Sue has like a two song part. And then he does a nose grind pop out. And I remember on a hubba and I remember I'm like learning that trick. And it's like one of my favorite tricks till this day, that nose grind pop out. Dude, that <laughs> was insane. insane. Favorite style. Omar Salazar. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? I just try to replicate like Templeton with his like clothes, his hat, and his tricks. Like I just grew up obsessed with Tempster. Hell yeah. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth. Daywon Song. Ooh. Favorite trick? Pole jams. <laughs> Hardest trick for you? Switch, <laughs> switch tray. Oh, hell <laughs> nah, bruv. Come on, man. They make no sense. I've done like one and it was it was so shitty. <laughs> That's disrespect to the bunt. You better go do one today and text it to me on flat Fuck, at least. Okay. Um, I'll try. All right. Most illegal trick. I do not. For some reason, I don't like when anyone does. You're rolling up to a ledge or handrail. It's a ledge or a handrail. And you do a front 180 to switch crook, like you're going to tail slide, but it goes to switch crook. Like, for some reason, that's like skate park kid trick. <laughs> that that trick. Damn, that trick's so fucking hard, but we'll take it. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? It's only my favorite trick because of the story, but, like, I found this spot in Beverly Hills. It's, like, right next to Nakatomi Plaza. That's from Die Hard. 
And I remember fucking being like, this is the fucking diehard rail. Like in my head, kind of like, I felt like a criminal skating this rail. And there were so many knobs on it. And it's in such a nice neighborhood. And my favorite clip that I filmed is this pole jam grind as the last trick for that. Because we had to take, Matt and I went in the middle of the night. And it took like two hours to cut knobs off. And it was really fucking windy. And it felt like I was in a movie. That's my favorite clip. (laughs) Oh, is it the one that? it's like curved handrail at the top like you just ride straight into it yeah yeah that one there's a fence like you it's like a quick run up. yeah oh yeah damn yeah that was tight that was tight what's the worst trend you've been a part of when i was a kid everybody wore trucker hats so i thought like oh yeah you fucking wear trucker hats and like i started in that trend the trend died (laughs) like no one made trucker hats and now it's back again and like all the jits and little kids and shit are wearing trucker hats so i'm like back in i'm like trending again so i like i think the trucker hat <laughs> <laughs> what's the gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed my friend ben loosely he goes by mr new Mex. the gnarliest thing i've ever seen was he learned how to early grab back grind handrails and he did one on this little rail and then he was getting like flow by death wish and he's in his it's not a diss at all but he's in his 40s and he's like i want to fucking early grab background hollywood 12 and i remember being like no fucking way so i went on a death wish session and he early early grab backgrounded hollywood 12 and it was like shocking to see that (laughs) that's That's so sick and like yeah i just remember being my mind was like blown by that and being like dude this is my fucking homie that's like a dad and he works like a nine to five job at a hospital and he's fucking early grab backgrounding Hollywood 12. Like that's like motivation. And like, I was just like, the whole thing was crazy. I couldn't believe it. What a savage. That's amazing. What's the one trick that got away? In the beginning of the weekend part, I tried to nose blunt this like spiky handrail. Oh yeah. Fucking went, yeah, I went back to that spot like so many times and I couldn't fucking do it ever. I like stuck one or two a couple days and then like a car would run over my board it got so crazy that i like i knew every neighbor by the end of it my homie that grew up in the city Southgate, like he this is kind of dark but he passed away and i remember being like this fucking day for victor and i'd even call like his his homies and shit and be like this try i'm fucking skating this rail for victor and they'd be like you got it tom just like crazy shit like that one got away like i i'll i actually like broke the handrail and shit trying to skate it so i i feel like i'm never gonna be able to do that fuck that's a bummer man but yeah that one <laughs> what's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed the biggest bunt was during the zero video matt matt bublitz was going to college and I'd be like, yo, dude, you got to get a trick in my part. You're like my best friend. I filmed all my videos with you. You ha-, And he's like the best skater. And I'm like, you have to get a trick. And he's like, I'm going to switch lip slide UCI 14. That's like the curly 14 rail. Sick. That Nigel that backtailed for the cover. He backtailed the 19. But Matt's like, I'm switch lipping the 14. And like months would go by. And I, like he'd come back and visit. And he'd be like, no, I'm not ready. And like it kept... <laughs> It like kept building up and it was like, dude, you need a trick for my part. Are you going to switch lip this rail? And he's like, fuck, like, I don't know. Like he kept saying like, yeah, but I don't know. And then he never did it. And then I actually brought it up the other day and he's like, 
if somebody put a gun in my head, I could do it. <laughs> like literally, it's 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 been like twelve years since that uh-huh. day, or since that time period, or something, may, maybe something like that. And then, t- like literally last week, I'm like, dude, you fucking still got a UC switch lip UCI, and he's like, dude, I swear I could do it if somebody put a gun to my head. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of tricks people could do with a gun to their head. But uh, that ain't reality, man. <laughs> What's the last trick you learned? Probably on flat, switch frontside flip. Sick. Nice. That's Better a late good one. than never. A little penny action. <laughs> Dream job after skating. Like a movie scout or location scout for the movies or like a stuntman would be pretty sick or like a private investigator. <laughs> sick. <laughs> Dude, that's sick. Favorite local brand. Jordan Taylor, Lucy, he does like a small clothing company out of his garage. It's fucking badass. Sick. I'm going to check that out. Favorite local skater? Uh, Avery Johnson. He's like, uh, I skate for a Joker skate shop, and he's like the shop kid that's like on fire right now, and he's about to have like a sick part come out. Hell yeah. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? Probably Decline. (laughs) I was flow for, I, I was flow for Decline. Hell it yeah. was really pretty weird. It was pretty weird. <laughs> Favorite teammate ever. I wanted the obvious ones, Jordan Taylor, but I fucking love Marquise Henry. That's my fucking roommate on New Balance trips. Damn. Uh, yeah. Dude, like I seen, we watched Deadpool in Taiwan together. <laughs> he seriously, pl- he seriously planned a trip around getting a trick in Guangzhou, China, just so we could go to the bootleg mall just so he could buy fake a bunch of fake rolexes and bring them back and sell them and he's like he's like yo dog if you fucking come to china with me are you down to fucking put these rolexes in your bag and i'm like fuck yeah i don't know i just like there's so many crazy stories that are like hilarious he's such like a cool dude he's my favorite teammate hell yeah i love that worst teammate ever arto sorry What? Legend. You gonna disrespect Dude, the okay. OG? Alright. He snores really <laughs> fucking loud. And then he when he's really hungry, like the world everything stops and everyone's like, We're fucking gonna go eat. Arto's <laughs> hungry. And then also he's like a bad influence on me because I don't know, if he's hungry, like somehow I'm hungry, I somehow I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm down to get a coffee. Like I kinda just like I do whatever he does, so he's like a bad influence, so he's the worst teammate. <laughs> but I love him. <laughs> worst company. I just saw an Instagram of Mikey Taylor's fucking giving you like life advice. That's the worst company. <laughs> Mikey Taylor's Instagram. Technically isn't a company, Literally. but we'll we'll definitely accept that. <laughs> Mikey Taylor's Instagram. Oh, I don't. I don't want. I don't want advice on how to invest my money. <laughs> Legend. Oh shit. Where's trend? I really don't. I feel like I want to say Instagram as a whole, but I feel like bigger than Instagram, kind of. I feel like I'm super annoyed of when pretend a f- a company drops a video and like a skateboarder is like new video out today and then they only post their tricks but it's like five other people have video parts for some <laughs> reason that's like a pet peeve it's like it's like dude use your fucking instagram to shine light on your homies like don't be posting just your shit like people will see it yeah that's like a that that's like something that i always know i like wait for it i'm like 
okay, this person's going to post that. I know it's coming. <laughs> it's like, it's like, let the person shine a little. Come on. Yeah. Shine your light on them. Worst style. Mikey Taylor's Instagram. <laughs> Mikey Taylor. Oh! No, new, <laughs> no, new Mikey Taylor and then fucking his Instagram. <laughs> and Ryan Allen. Oh! oh! <laughs> Make sure the explosions uh, are fucking massive for Ryan Allen. <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh. Okay. <laughs> this sounds so crazy, but I feel like it. maybe it doesn't apply to like a lot of skaters, but I, I don't want any filmers for like any company I don't skate for on the sesh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want filmers to like come to something that I found, drop their pin, and then like, oh, I got a rail guy on the team that would love this. Yeah. So I have like drama with filmers. So no filmers. I don't want any filmers or photographers for companies I don't skate for on the session. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be putting in work finding them spots and you're not trying to get them blown out. I feel you. <laughs> oh my god, Mikey poor Mikey Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. That's gonna wrap up our interview with Tom. Man, can't thank you enough for coming on the show, dude. Thanks for having me. Fuck. Long overdue, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys. Yeah. Me and Tom been buddies for fucking, I don't even know how many years now, but good to finally have you on the pod, man. I'll never forget, you took us to like this rail, you know, back lip. There's like a little oh, bank gross. on the side of it. <laughs> that shit was like, I was tripping on that. I'm like, how the hell do you skate this? By the way, props to Toronto skateboarding because that's like one of the hardest places i've ever skated like security and like crustiness yo yeah. yeah it's not all fucking sweet and dandy like bobby makes it look fucking easy and then yeah. you come here and i haven't gotten a clip here in fucking 20 years it feels like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, that's one thing i'll never forget is like you took us to that rail and i was just like holy shit this thing sucks tripping on it yeah respect bruv damn well thank, thanks for thanks for doing this hell fun. yeah yeah thanks for letting me be on it was fun welcome back to the post office brought to you by our good friends over at dickie skateboarding quality workwear since 1922 from the work site to the streets nobody keeps you fitted like dickies all right ghost who we got up first You've got mail. First up, we got an email from Ben Olger. Discovered yesterday that I can't wear my bunt hat in LA. I was skating through Santa Monica on my way to the beach curbs, and a guy tried to confront me at a crosswalk. I looked back at him and threw a gang sign. Later on down at the curbs, a guy rolls up next to me on a bike and mutters, stupid, under his breath. I looked into it. And the B on the hat is very similar to the one used by the Bloods. Bunt gang for life, obviously, but I'd like it to be a nice long life, ideally. So I guess my question is, any chance a new hat designed for the next merch drop? Also, shout out to my coworker Missy, a legend for being mentioned on the pod three times. Let's make it four. Damn, man, we had no idea that uh, the Bunt B matched up with the Bloods. Definitely and obviously unintentional. But, uh, yeah, shout out Missy, man. We might need some more of those cookies she sent over. That shit was fire. Oh, for sure. Yeah, let's uh, make it a long, healthy life, my dude. Be careful out there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next up, we've got an email from Sam Riggs. 
What's up, Bunt lads? Killing it this season with all these motherfucking barn burners. So over winter break, me and my family took a trip from our home on Long Island all the way to the frozen tundra that is Quebec City for the winter carnival there they got going on. Absolutely gorgeous city and awesome trip all around. But of course, being a skater, all I can notice the whole trip was the gnarly spots left and right and was wondering why I felt like I had never seen any Quebec footy. I'm sure there's been crazy clips come out of there, but I just wasn't familiar with the area or whatever. Maybe I've just been sleeping. As two Canadians, I was wondering if you guys could put me on to any videos or any skaters that have come out of Quebec that I might not have been aware of before. Last thing, the lack of hockey talk on the rundown is downright outrageous, especially with your boy Austin Matthews going psycho this season. It seems like he's got the heart trophy locked up. I'm sure Matthew's insane season is going to make that first round exit sting a little extra harder this year. My Rangers are coming for the cup, you dig? Peace, boys. So uh, before we get into Quebec, yeah, wonderful city, yada, yada. You're from Long Island, but you're a Rangers fan. We're going to start there. Makes absolutely no sense. You should be cheering for the New York Islanders, obviously. Um, rest in peace to the legend Mike Bossy, but we just laid a whoop on your ass, uh, I think, one week ago. The Islanders showed up in uh, Dot. We beat you without Matthews in the lineup, so I don't know how you can go and say you're a Rangers fan. The Rangers are looking great. Chesterkin, Kreider, uh, the boy Ryan Reeves, but uh, yeah, man. The Leafs going to make it out the first round. We had a bit of a rough game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are going to be our first-round opponent currently. We're coming out the first round. The Rangers, you guys are having a great season. I hope you do do well, I guess. But you're an Islanders fan, so start repping the Islanders, and then you can come talk to me about the Maple Leafs, all right? <laughs> uh, Say, so you want to talk about Quebec City? Yeah, um, one of the gnarliest shredders to come out of Quebec is Alex Morin. Um, he's had some crazy parts for the Red Dragon, so I would just YouTube his name, Alex, and then his last name is M-O-R-I-N. Uh, he's a certified boss on the skateboard. And uh, look up like the Exo skate shop videos. There's uh, tons of Quebec fucking hammers, and there's a bunch of... Just a solid squad right there, man. Shout out Alex Morin. All right, next up, we got an email from Jacob H. Yo, Bond boys, thanks for that Danny Fuenzalita barn burner of an episode. Question for y'all. Is there any specific gear that you had that you remember liking so much? It was like your tricks were inexplicably better. For example, when I was growing up, I remember the America Reynolds 3s being so good. I swear I did some of the best kickflips in my life in those shoes. Hope y'all are well. Appreciate you both. I remember way back uh, in the day at Shred, I had bought the SXLs in the sick brown color, and Morgan had the Mark Appleyards in brown, and we both had the shoes on, and we looked at each other like, I think we're like wearing the wrong brown shoes, so we ended up swapping, and Morgan obviously went on to ride for S. The SXL was a staple in his skate game, and... I had the brown apple yards and I remember, I actually, I don't remember a certain trick, but I just remember loving those shoes more than any other, man. The, the original apple yards circa. Yeah, can't go wrong. 
Uh, I'm kind of struggling to remember a specific. It's. I feel like shoes are usually the ones that have the biggest impact. But uh, shit, I remember just getting some hand-me-down DC courts from Morgan actually, and feeling like they always work because he's goofy on regs, so he would always destroy. Um, <clears throat> actually, he would destroy both feet. What am I saying? <laughs> they would. <laughs> Yeah, it'd both be dust but i remember just yeah really liking the dc courts feeling like the board feel was proper on those dude that's hilarious because the court is like still living on and well in the like um less metropolitan areas of the world it seems like <laughs> the court originated as like one of the ill skate shoes with the big dc logo on the side and now it's like a real skater skater wouldn't be caught dead in some courts, man. No offense. <laughs> All right, next up, we've got an email from Scott Childs. What's up, Bunners? Been a couple seasons since I wrote in, but the Switch Mongo conversation gave me an idea for a question. I have a weird problem where I can't throw down regular without tripping myself up 25% of the time. However, I can run full speed and throw down regular with my board in my backhand. No problem. So it always looks like I'm going to jump into switch. What are some weird habits or quirks that you guys have on the board? Talking about tricks to trade in, I have fakey frontside 360 shoves on lock and I don't know how or why this started, but it feels so illegal. Would much rather trade that for a fakie impossible, but I work with what I've got at 31. What's your thoughts on the fakie frontside 360 shove? Shout out to the 2022 Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. Really hope the Leafs don't choke too early so we have a chance to whoop you in what would be a dream finals. St. John's Finest are in BAF 506 on YouTube now. Check it out, you dig? Uh, first of all, I don't think throwing down with your backhand is that bad. Like, Reynolds does that shit all the time. Looks kind of fucking steezy. You don't do the the sponsor back wheel power slide when you're <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. One thing that I do do that's... Well, actually, I haven't done it in a minute, but uh, I love just, like, having hella fake steez, like, for jokes. But sometimes I do it by myself when I'm, like, cruising around. <laughs> and uh dude with the neck yeah i do like the neck well well i like to like throw down and like just jump on my board super exaggerated i don't know i feel like people lots of people we're not the only ones who do that but i just remember that always going down in our crew like especially when i'm skating with morgan you know how silly he likes to get and he does his whole fake d fake d's routine too um oh yeah but yeah i remember i think it was justin zank i was doing it one time like skating along college street like by myself just doing a huge exaggerated fake steez push and like just being all weird and then zank apparently saw me <laughs> he's like what the fuck what the hell is safe doing uh so that's that's probably mine yeah that would definitely count um Okay, bro. So Scott actually sent us a video on Instagram. I'm not sure if you saw it of uh, many faggy frontside 360 shoves that he's done. Um, so, yo, Scott, I hate to break it to you, bro, but yeah, it's illegal, man. Like, it's not a trick that you do, really. Uh, I'm happy. Like, you do it down big threes and off drops, and like, that shit makes absolutely no sense to me. So, I can't say if I had that skill, I 
still wouldn't do it. Um, but my I can question say is it. like, I can say it. Okay. If I had that skill, okay. I still wouldn't do it. For fuck's sake, Scott. <laughs> but my question is, the like to trade it in for the fakie impossible. It's like that doesn't even like convert to make sense. You know, it would be fakie 360 shoved the other way. First of all, and then second, why would you trade it for that and not a fakie three foot? Like just <laughs> trade it all in for fakie three sixty foot, dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. Confusing email, man. But the guy can fucking fakie frontside three sixty shove. I'll give him that, even though it's illegal. <laughs> and yeah, the Colorado Avalanche, man. You guys got a really good chance, but I hope you guys don't choke either, because that fucking madman. Nathan McKinnon can just fucking snap at any second and whip his helmet at someone, and then he's fucking out for the series. We know Nassim Kadri's liable to get suspended at some point in the playoffs as well. So last night, your fucking backup goalie got hit in the head with a puck while he was sitting on the bench. So, like, you guys ain't got the best luck either, eh? So don't worry about us choking and worry about your damn self, man. <laughs> Yo, uh, yeah, there's enough uh, requests for hockey so i think we got to just bring back the nhl minute every week until the playoffs are done until the season's over no you know like it's just easier if people email in and throw a little question like that you know because safe is not going to ask me something like that or like all these people chiming in like they got some fucking future stanley cup winners <laughs> and they gotta just throw the leafs under the bus so keep bringing that shit in the post office man i like it right where it is I think yo, I think Charles Barkley said the Leafs are going to win a playoff series the other day so randomly out of nowhere. It was so funny because he loves Toronto. You're damn right he did because <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks for the email, Scott. Retire that trick, man. If you're doing fakey front three shoves down big threes, then uh, just find a trick that's not illegal and take it to the fucking streets. All right. I got to post up one of his fucking fake <laughs> frontside 360 show stuff because it's fucked. It sucks because that trick, like, you literally can't even... There's no way to use that trick for good. Like, you can't do it to Manny. You can't do it to 5-0. <laughs> it's never going to look good. Um, yeah. But, yo, fakey front shove, you can throw that into a Manny or a switch back 5-0. Uh, get those going, man. All right, next up, we got an email from Zach. Uh, Nashel. Yo, what up, Bunt crew? After the long winter that the North has experienced this year, man, it just stowed the other day for fuck's sakes. It's got me hungry to get outside and skate. I'm hoping to get a few skate trips popping this year. I'm wondering what are some of your favorite spots in Toronto and what are some of your favorite cities to skate in North America? Need some recommendations from the OGs at the bunt. Also, get motherfucking Bobby to Kaiser or Evan Hay on the podcast. It wouldn't be right if I didn't suggest someone to be on the pod in this email. Yeah, actually, it would be right without a suggestion. So, shouts out from Detroit. Peace. What the fuck you want to hear from Evan Hay for, man? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is he going to talk Evan's about? Evan's got fans in Detroit? Okay. This guy's been drinking, man. <laughs> um, favorite spots in Toronto currently, or like always, enjoying myself a good session at Dunbatter Ash Bridges <laughs> skate park. The only street spot I ever skate is U of T Manual Pad. Uh, I'm hoping myself to get out there a little bit more this summer, maybe skate a secondary street spot. 
but realistically, my favorite spots are City Pool, um, Union Restaurant. I'm a frequent flyer down at Taroni. Good Italian food. And favorite spots in North America would be New York City, Boston, Washington. I'm known to love Cleveland and uh, Miami, of course, man. Can never go wrong. Um, shit, man. And them's coming from Detroit, trying to pull up to a good city to skate. I might just avoid Toronto altogether. I'm just kidding. Come through. It's a blast. Uh, of course, you know, got to hit Montreal, Ottawa, some some good skate spots. If you're doing the road trip from Toronto to Montreal, might as well stop in Ottawa for a couple days. Um, in North America, man, North America is massive. I love, uh, let's just go with Miami. This is my go-to. Can't go wrong. The, the flight's pretty quick and direct from Toronto and, uh, never a bad time in Miami, man. Yes, sir. Shout out Andrew Skate Shop, man. Five-year anniversary. Big things, Nick. Congrats, brother. Hell yeah. All right, next up, we've got a voice note from Adam. Let's take a listen. What's up, Bunt? This is Adam from Brooklyn, New York. I got a question about you two guys and your friendship. Now, I know doing a podcast like this is a lot of work, like with so many episodes and for so long, like it can be strenuous. And I feel like you really do got to have like a really good relationship with the people you're doing it with. Obviously, you guys are like best friends. So that's why it works out, which is dope. And I'm just wondering, like, damn, like, have you guys ever had any fights or was there any moments where you guys just weren't talking to each other or like having having arguments over like dumb shit you know i guess uh if there's anything too serious or personal you don't gotta answer that but yeah i just want to know you know because you guys seem like really good friends and you know that's really cool it's a really great thing to see yeah i hope you guys answer this i really appreciate it and uh shout out to all the homies on skate twitter Shout out to the Shoe Pant Check and shout out my second favorite podcast, Skating is Hard. Uh, I hope that guy makes some more episodes. It's been a little while. Uh, all right. Thank y'all. Yo, is skate Twitter a thing? I, that's one part of Twitter that I've never looked into, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know too much about it either. It doesn't seem like it's as big or prevalent as other social media outlets, but I mean, it's got to be on there somewhere. Hmm, interesting. So what's our beef, dog? We got beef? Have we had any real beefs while doing this? Mm, it was, was it just specifically about while we've been doing this? I think like more so his question was like, have we come into like some disagreements or some beefs during our time on the pod? To answer that, I would say, luckily, we we really haven't, like, during the pod, right? Am I am I right in saying that? Uh, what do you mean, like, while we're recording or just in the last six years? Just over the last six years. Yeah, uh, nothing really. I mean, we've been friends for, I think, over 20 years now. We've obviously had beefs and <laughs> we've been friends for longer than we haven't known each other. So, um, but... We do the pod together, and it it's lasted this long because before before we started the pod, there was already like a good fifteen years of friendship, and like at this point, it's more just like a brotherhood. 
so we've had plenty of fights and like we have a big crew of friends especially when we were younger like the east end boys we used to always be fighting like me cody donovan jacob jesse like you know it was like there was always some drama someone wasn't talking to someone or this person but uh just one big happy family a bunch of brothers you know nothing ever stuck like I don't think there's ever been like a serious beef or they were at the time or whatever but when you look back at them it's just just dumb shit you know we our love is way stronger than any like little disagreement or fight we've had in the past and by the time we started the bunt we were already in our you know getting closer to 30 so at that point it's not like you know some little beef is gonna fuck shit up and it's been pretty smooth sailing man to be honest um since day one and couldn't be happier to be doing the pod with dono and ants and it's yeah that's from my perspective yeah i think that's a really good point where it's like yo we've already before the pod we had been through like the little beefs with the squad and the the chirping and the i'm not talking (laughs) to this guy we'd already like gone through all of that to the point where we're like so comfortable in our friendship and relationship that i don't know me and safe are super close and we like you know you have those few people in life where you're like comfortable enough to tell them anything like you can have as good a friend as any but like some there's some people you just don't tell things to and like i feel like me and safe are at a point where like you know we're, we're super open about our lives and everything together um obviously like the the hugest beef we've had in our friendship was in miami when we like actually fought oh shit yeah yeah. it was over like some dumb shit um basically our boy cody started it because he like started hooking up with this girl (laughs) nikki i fucking hate nikki to this day more than anything like not even a like even after like it's so fucked that we fought over nikki and then what she ended up her and cody's relationship being is like even more of a joke but yeah, so like oh, it was a girl, yada yada, and then me and Safa just came to blows, and at the house we were staying at, they had boxing gloves, but they only had one set, so they're like, yo, fuck it, like, you guys each get one glove, so I was like, alright, like, fuck this, I'm taking the right, like, I throw with my right, so Safa got stuck with his left, and um, so yeah, like, fuck we start going at it. I start throwing fucking bombs with the right. You know, I'm taking care of business, laying the beat down on the ghost. It's light work. And then out of nowhere, he just comes back with the fucking haymaker with his right, with no glove on the fucking thing. Boom, right in the fucking eye. One of the biggest black eyes I've ever had. I'm stuck in Miami now with a black eye. We're on a trip together with like five or six guys me and Safa aren't saying a word to each other we're like we want each other dead at this point you know (laughs) pure drama everyone in the crews like you guys gotta squash it we're both pretty stubborn too so it'll be like nah fuck that like i'm done i'm done with the ghost and he was probably saying the same shit about me like yo it's a wrap like i'm good going on with the rest of my life and like he's not part of it like (laughs) once we get back to t-dot like we're good bro just separate caps go our separate ways but obviously you know days go by and conversations are had and and shit gets squashed and water under the bridge so if you can survive something like that like it's all good man but that's definitely our biggest beef for sure yeah we we should get a poll going we should do can you do polls on instagram i can't remember yeah we should do a poll 
in the story like whose side are you on uh with the fight why would they be because on your side was, you literally like what? you can't throw with the side with no because well. no let me let me let me give my side like obviously if you take the right hand and as soon as they were like one two three fight you just start destroying me and i'm like you accept like, it, dude. like no but i'm like uh, trying to fucking fight you like a gimp with my left hand like it was so unfair that obviously if you i got punched let's say in the head like five times in a row to start the fight and i'm like trying to like struggle with my left hand of course i'm gonna like a blackout rage came over me i don't even remember swinging with my right hand and next thing you know like we're getting pulled apart on the floor because we ended up rolling <laughs> around on the floor i <laughs> I, okay, sorry. Not like whose side are you on? No, like we'll obviously you like, didn't really do anything is, wrong. Safe. I didn't do anything wrong. Well, two things you should you should have asked for two rounds. Obviously, one where you get the other glove, and then no, maybe that didn't happen. Just, we can't go back in time. No, I'm saying past tense. Or maybe you should have just put the wrong glove on your good hand. Like either way, the poll will be was Safa in the right or not? Yeah, there, that, there we go. Okay, that's fine. Not in the right, but is is what Saifa did defensible? Defensible. Are, is there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't, because it really doesn't matter. But actually, it would be funny. It's comedic now, bro. I, think, I don't give a fuck. Like, looking back, yeah, like I, I would have done it too. <coughs> I because think, I yeah. know that you did it. It's not in my nature, and like it literally was a blackout rage moment. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even tell you. Like what was going through my head or like making a conscious decision to do that oh also we forgot to mention this was probably at like 4 or 5 a.m after a really long night at bars and strip clubs until the wee hours so uh add that into the mix <laughs> well there you go adam just fucking hashed up some old beef and uh the future of the bunt is now in question <laughs> Yeah, well, the funny part was the next day, Donald wakes up with a black eye. I have a concussion, and uh, I don't remember how many days left we had on the trip, but before we even got back to Toronto, everything was fine. It was all good. We were supporting each other, getting clips and whatnot. So here's to uh, at least four more years of the bunt, because we need to get to 10 years. That would be such a sick accomplishment. Yeah. All right, next up, we got a voice note from Shane McGugan. Let's take a listen. What the fuck is up, Bunt boys? It's your man, at Love Your Mothers. Long-time lurker, first-time caller, one-time winner of the Bunt Fakey Tray Flip Bracket. And my question for y'all today is, out of you two, Wade and Morgan, who can speak the best French? I got my money on Quade. And give a shout-out to Ants One Behind the Scenes. Stop. All right, y'all. Can't wait for the rest of the season. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Love Your Mothers. Yo. Never have we heard such an aggressive personal Instagram shout out. Love Your Mothers, <laughs> congrats on winning the fakie trade bracket, man. None of us have even got one of those right, and we set the damn thing up. Man, that, that's got to be the most random thing that anyone's ever been curious about. Like, but he's wrong. One of those, like, well, yeah, dead wrong. But it's just funny. Like, I, I would never wonder that. Like, anyways, uh, so it's Ants has the best French. So me and Ants met in high school. Uh, he's like a little bro to me, and we went to French 
high school together. Um, but he, I think his, he speaks French with his parents still to this day. Like I hardly use my French. So ants for sure. He's fluent. Well, I'm fluent too, but uh, I just way rustier than ants at this point in our lives. So it goes ants, me, uh, Wade, if you want to include him in this. And then uh, distant last is Dono. <laughs> what about Morgan? And Morgan, probably even worse We're than Dono. I'd say oh, no. Yes. I'd say you're probably better just because you have more confidence out in the world. You probably yeah. like. What's that shit I had to learn in, in uh, Paris? Bate dos, he would play. <laughs> for my life see? i'll never forget that one yeah Did i say I, it right uh, i don't even know what you're trying to say say it again a uh, bottle of water please oh yeah say it uh bate do si vous play <laughs> bute is that good uh, oh, bute you si just vous. forgot the u Fuck. after the o bute oh, do si it, play. um oh, no that's good but allez, see I, I, bleu. <laughs> I feel like morgan wouldn't even try you know what i'm saying <laughs> he's just he's too timid Boom, second last, I'll take it. <laughs> ants, shit. Uh, yo, Ants actually, uh, I'm sure we've mentioned this in the past, but he's like a, one of my favorite MCs growing up, amazing rapper. And he used to drop some bars in French. So I don't know if Ants, you want to drop a bar right here or put uh, one of your old verses up. This is the time, man, because uh, Ants could throw down. Your, put your verse in Westbound. And right here in the in the pod, man. Let's go. Chilling with the French nation. Fuck a dictionary. Here's the motherfucking translation. When I was petit, I was always the culpable. But life is my père, and I had too much courage, too much energy. A infant covered in pansement, a real maladroit who is full of sentiments. But it's been a long time, and we've all grown up. These days, we want to be all bandits, but it's okay, because it's almost midnight. We won't eat his beef until he's well cooked. Legendary email, and I respect the shout out to Ants One at Love Your Mothers, man. <laughs> All right, next up, we've got an email from Dave Brentall. Hey, hey, lads, loving the recent season. Quick shout out to the Hugo B and Mitch B episodes, had me laughing out loud. Anyway, quick game of Would You Rather. All right, so he's got uh, three questions here, so we'll just answer them as we go along. Right. Would you rather rent your dome to Red Bull for three years, no paycheck involved, or every clip you get for a year, you have to beam the camera after? I'm not wearing a Red Bull hat for fucking three minutes, so I'll take the beam because I don't get clips anyways. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I'll take the beam as well because you can just cut that out. Now, if you're saying that it's an immediate beam... You know, I guess I'm trying to cheat the, the answer here. If the beam has to you be a part always, of the clip. It's like what you always do. <laughs> yeah. I probably still beam, whatever. I don't I don't care. I just, the, the Red Bull hats are too aggressive, man. Yeah. Would you rather be Mickey Papa or Jeff Wansong? Sadly, I got to take, uh, I got to take Mickey, I guess. He's like down there, Cali. I don't even know where Jeff Wansong's from, but... Mickey's probably got more cash. <laughs> uh, I I too would take Mickey uh, because if I had my own brain and I just could just cut out some of the tricks that Dude, he does that I don't off, like, man. <laughs> I take I take that skill set for sure. All right, I like, can't wait to see how you backpedal out of this one. Um, would you rather try Matt Schlager's Ollie once? 
same weather conditions or drink one liter of Jaws piss every day for a week. Oh my god. Uh, there's no um, backpedaling out of this. I would take the Ollie. If you said one liter one time, like, I don't know, a liter is too much. I would just be barfing the whole time. I'll, I'll try the Ollie and just hope that I get out of it like he did. How did, did he get out of it okay? Like, I'm fucking old. He kind of died. Remember, he like lands in the middle of the Dude, second Dude, we literally set. can't get hurt like that. Like, our bodies are not ready for that anymore. Nor are they ready to drink piss. Fuck. Yeah. It's like pain or... The, the piss thing sucks because it's every day. Like, if it was one day, I could maybe justify it. But, <laughs> but one liter, it's two tall cans. Like, how long will you be hurt for? Yeah, I don't know. That's... Dude, I'll take the piss, man. I literally can't jump down that and roll down a set of stairs. I'm fucking almost 35. <laughs> I'll just hope he drank a lot of water that day. Yeah, fuck. I probably, realistically, if this was a real thing, I'd probably have to do the piss as well because <laughs> I don't want to wake up you in can't a hospital. hit your head. Yeah. 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 Uh, cheer lads keep up the good work and let's get my dog Sean Paul on the show also can we potentially get Mitch B on again safe Dave yo Mitch B round two might be up to something man. yeah man alright next up we got an email from Jay Gonzalez dear bun loving the new season I got a quick question <laughs> would you rather refer to your fans as bunt holes or bunt wipes <laughs> Cheers. Yo, first of all, oh. let me just give a massive shout out to Jay. This is my kind of email. Fucking quick and to the point. God, I love that shit. Um, I think we refer to them as Bunt Gang or Bunters. <laughs> um, but Bunt Holes has a special ring to it that I could get used to. <laughs> I just don't think I got... A fan would like that you know like would you like what if i like you met me at the street on the street or at a park and you're like oh are you donald from the bunt and i'm like oh hell yeah are you a bunt hole <laughs> like, is that what you want to have in return you know i like if i'm like yo you bunt gang like that's respect you know of course that's the that's the joke of the email i don't think he's serious he knows he's bunt gang uh i like bunt wipes because it sounds even more disrespectful it's fucking jokes <laughs> Like, we wipe our ass with those fucking bunt white fans, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, y'all. That's going to wrap up the post office for this week. Get your emails and voice notes into the buntlive at gmail.com. Like Save it says every week, man, we're making our way through these emails. Obviously, the bunt wipes and bunt holes are fucking creating a massive backlog. Oh, that kind of like worked there. <laughs> Uh, we gonna get through it though. We gonna make it work. Um, we gonna get some emodium popping in the post office. And uh, shit, maybe we just have another fucking off season special, yo. That's what they're asking for on Slap these days, eh, Ghost? For what? They they want post office uh, off season specials. They loved the lost post office, and the only way it can happen is if we have enough questions for a whole episode. So we count on you guys, man. Punk gang, you know what the. Well, is, we're trending in that direction and then like once the season ends it's not like the inbox just turns off so um, i'm sure that we'll be able to make that happen let's get it
This is the Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports, brought to you by the one and only Steam Whistle, Canada's premium pilsner, the only buzz. So, Ghost, we are about halfway, and fuck, for some, way more than halfway, through the first round of the NBA playoffs. Our Raptors prediction not looking too good, man. Embiid and Co. are fucking putting a hurting on us with the help of the refs. Sending Embiid to the line every goddamn time he touches the ball. But he has a hurt thumb, and it's Sunday afternoon, and Thaddeus Young just made the big man touch ground. Uh, what are our odds down 3-0, man? Are we fucking wrapped up or what? <laughs> I mean, no team's ever come back from down 0-3. I don't know if we're uh, lined up to be the first. I'm, I'm hoping we can squeak this out. Right now, the game's actually going on right now. We're up by, like six points or something in the second quarter so good luck to the boys um news just broke that scotty barnes won rookie of the year major shout out to our boy and uh it's just a huge bummer that he got injured in game one uh i think i honestly think we would have well i think we for sure would have won game uh three yeah. if we had scotty and who knows but yeah, when we made our predictions, obviously injuries aren't a factor. Uh, I do still believe we would have had a, a good chance at winning the series or at least making it very interesting um, had we not lost Scotty. And then G Trent was fucked. He, he basically was, he tried to play in game two, but um, he was he was super sick. So uh, yeah, anyways, you know what? Philly, they would have been, they would have been forced to like, fire doc rivers and like do some serious looking in the mirror had they lost this series so and the raptors you know no expectations so if philly wins it's all good you know what i'm saying it is what it is um uh, after what we did to you a few years back in 2019 you know what i'm saying um it's it's no sweat off our back to lose this series we weren't a favorite to win it all anyways the team that now looks like the biggest favorite to win it all, especially after Devin Booker going down. I mean, point God held it down in game three and carried the Phoenix Suns to a victory. But the Golden State Warriors, man, look absolutely unstoppable right now. I know this probably puts a smile on your face, but how good is it to see the gang all back together and playing the way they are? Oh, man, I'm so hyped. It's like I said last week i was so happy that we got denver as our first round matchup did you say we? because it would allow did you do the, you do the classic <laughs> yeah <week>? i did <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i actually heard it come out of my mouth and then i was like you know what i'm gonna just ride with it fuck it there's no team like so my history is kobe bryant and Shaq fan that's what got me into basketball love those guys lakers fan growing up but when Kobe retired, especially with those dusty ass Laker teams that were left behind, it, they just drove me crazy with their social media addiction and like all the, the young Lonzo and that squad. So I was already a Warriors fan ever since the We Believe team in 2007. My two teams were the Lakers and the Warriors from 2007 on. And so, yeah, I say we because I've supported the Warriors way before they even drafted Steph. And uh, it just makes me super happy to see them be dominant again. And like I said last week, pulling Denver in the first round where it's like 
there's no way you're losing to them was the perfect situation for Steph to get back in the flow of things and uh, the emergence of Jordan Poole is just incredible man like sometimes I look at the shit he's doing and I'm like yo he's literally like uh, of course he's not as good as a shooter but he led the league in free throw shooting this year Steph was number two behind him he can hit those 30 foot threes I'm like yo this guy's just a taller more athletic Steph you know <laughs> like sometimes you just see certain plays and you're like wait what the f the f like imagine Steph was 6'6 and oh, could no. dunk all those layups like that's Jordan Poole like he's just it's it's scary man what the what and and like this is his third year in the league I think so um Joe Lacob their owner has been trying to do the impossible which is develop the next generation of stars while keeping the current guys going usually there's like uh a nasty rebuild somewhere in the middle and he's somehow they've got the oldest player in the playoffs and iggy and the two youngest uh going all at the same time and it's a it, it's bringing a smile to my face watching these warriors fucking because yo even you i bet would be hyped if if they won it because you hated the kd years but like mm -hmm. who didn't love the 2015 warriors oh like yeah. cinderella story I appreciate greatness and then, if there's no like fucking whack shit involved so yeah so like imagine seeing that same big three steph clay and draymond win another one without kd like it might no disrespect to kd like i bet you they would all be like this was the best feeling championship other than our first one big time because to get to the top of the mountain fall off like the last two years they were in the lottery you know it was mm -hmm. sad times for the for the bay and they had the new arena which as soon as they built it COVID happened like these fans are like going crazy for the first time seeing playoff basketball in their new building um it's just been a cool story arc and a championship this year next year would be incredible big time so you laughed at me when i picked the t-wolves to beat the grizzlies because i wanted to see some <laughs> more of that pat bev love um i'm still laughing realistically we should be up 2-1 i mean there's something wrong with cat in his head like yo wait 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 wait. did you just say we yeah <laughs> the minnesota timberwolves That's, you're going with the are you gonna call with the me warriors up? i'm going with the t-wolves we oh should God. be up 2-1 if it weren't for that colossal fucking flop cat town just talking about we in minnesota well, yeah, you're, you are in Minnesota, and you still got work to do. But it just goes to show that they can compete with the Grizzlies, man. They can play. Anthony Edwards is a – he's a talent. I mean, John Moran is a real talent, but Anthony Edwards is a real talent as well. Uh, so it's going to be close. I feel like every game is going to be close. This is your last chance, man. Do you want to jump on the T-Wolves bandwagon with me? Oh, never. Did you see what Josh said after game two? He's like, stay on that side to all the bandwagon people that jumped onto Minnesota after game one. I was like, nah, dude, Charles Barkley said it perfectly. The T-Wolves the have all the talent in the world, but they just play dumb as fuck. Yeah. Uh, and the coaching staff ain't helping the man. Like, they went up 26 in the first half. I remember, like, I was watching the game, and then it turned into a blowout, so I started kind of, like, half-watching uh the batman movie while it was kind of on on mute and then i looked back and i'm like wait what the fuck wasn't it just 20 something a minute ago and all of a sudden it was like they they were right back in the game and then the second half starts and they go back up by 25 i'm like all right, all right like this game's over again 
And then the same thing happened. I'm watching Batman and keep glancing over. And I was like, wait, it's a five point game. And then I watched the rest of the fourth, just like in, in disbelief, man. I don't know how you lose two separate 20 plus point leads. And the big thing that everyone was calling out was you're in the playoffs. And in the first half, Memphis scored 15 straight, 15-0 run, no timeout called. But even crazier is between the third and fourth quarter when they came back from 25 down, I think uh, the the Grizzlies scored 21 straight, no timeout again. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And how does Carl Anthony Towns have four shot attempts, three makes? And then after that, yo, he just drives me crazy. Yeah, I know he's, he's been fun. through a lot off the court, but he's such a front-running, like... Like I don't He's a phony I remember at the start of the season Yeah he's a phony Like at the start of the season I was like hyped on him Because I'm like Yo he's watching videos Of gorillas fighting and shit To get hyped But it's just not suiting him The the bad guy act Is not suiting him He's trying to do his own Little Pat Bev He's so frustrating That audio of him Like front running Like oh we in Minnesota now I told the media And then talking about the media and then after the game they ask you a basic question you're like next question like you're russell westbrook like bro you you gotta earn that fucking next question shit you know what i'm saying the guy asked you such a simple question it wasn't disrespectful at all he just asked you about like uh only having four shots and you're gonna say next question then talk about going home to drink wine like that shit was disgraceful man yeah i absolutely hate when people do the flexing and the shouting like Embiid's is cringy to me too I fucking hate it when Embiid looks to the fucking crowd and yells and one like (laughs) oh my god but Cap man you like the whole world knows what Jimmy did to you you can't be a tough guy now it's just not there bro like just take a different lane like you're not let let Pat Bev do the pound in his chest and shouting just play a different style of basketball man because the world knows that that just ain't you but i still think they can get the job done um and last but not least game one was absolute must-see tv game two was a little different a little wishy-washy the the nets played terribly kd didn't do too well but do the nets still have a chance man hey man i said i said boston and six um i still believe that but I mean, of course, it all comes down to this next game. If they lose, then they'll probably get swept. But I'm really hoping the Nets fucking figure it out because I want this series to go six, seven, man. This is there's so much damn talent on the floor. But I actually feel bad for the Nets, man. Like that defense is so fucking swarming. I've never seen KD look that out of sorts. It just seemed like uh, the monsters, you know, that the, the aliens like took over his body and he lost his skill. Um, because man, every time this guy put the ball on the floor, he was turning it over. And then at one point he dribbled off his foot. Like it just really wasn't the Kevin Durant. We've all, uh, come to know and appreciate the talent. It was, um, I mean, I got to say hats off to, to Boston for the swarming defense. And, uh, we'll see if, uh, if mixing up the environment first game at Barclays today, if that can, can fix it 
for the for for the Nets because I know you want this one to go along too, man. There's some high level basketball. You know the crazy part is when you speak about the defenses, they're about to get better with Robert Williams too, man. Like that guy is absolutely oh, yeah. no joke. They're getting reinforcements, and the only guy coming down the pipeline for the Nets is Ben Simmons and fucking who the coach. May as well just put Stephen A. Smith out there on offense. <laughs> who, who the hell knows what know, we're going to get say, out of him. I'm like, yo, Robert Williams comes back today. Huge plus. Yeah. We'll see how his knee looks, like how he looks out there. And then Ben Simmons comes back in game four, who knows, which could bro. be a minus. Yeah. So, yeah. so we'll see. But, yo, I actually cannot wait for these next two games. And I can't wait to see. We haven't seen Ben Simmons on a basketball court in an NBA game since the uh, infamous dunk uh, that he fucking passed up on to pass to Thibault. So we'll see where he's at. There's been so many funny reports, like the one saying he was walking around the facility with all types of confidence. Yeah, what? Uh, walking around like he's Jordan, which was just hilarious. And then everyone's like, well, who, Jordan Farmar? Oh. Like, the fuck? And then, like, he seems more concerned with his kits on the bench than basketball these He's days. Done. So we'll he might be done up. as a ball player, man. We'll see, but. <laughs> you know, the, the weirdest other thing I thought was a joke, but it was real, was um, there was a reporter at their practice facility, and Ben Simmons oh, yeah. goes to him. He's like, yo, yo, get this. And then he does the weakest dunk you've ever seen. And then like looks back like yeah like like he just did something so i i have no idea what the fuck's going on in that dude's head yo i i cannot wait for these next i hope games. marcus smart checks him as soon as he comes on man i hope if i have marcus smart i'm going right up to him and whispering something into his ear like what's you're in the wrong place at the <laughs> wrong time buddy like what is different right here right now dog oh shit uh, all right y'all that's gonna wrap up this week's episode can't wait for next week's games obviously looking forward the nba playoffs is uh definitely living up to the hype man yeah get well soon devin booker chris middleton fuck everyone who's hurt man it's we want to see all these teams at full strength i cannot believe the bulls got blown out by 30 in their first game in chicago with no middleton um but yeah next week we'll see what's really good some teams are gonna be home next week you feel me yes sir